0: Yeah. good, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the What's Good Games podcast. This is not your weekly source of video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. Instead, it is the long-awaited spoiler cast for Life is Strange 2. I am joined in studio by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher is also joining us. Hello. And I'm Andrea Renee. Welcome. I am very excited to finally talk to you ladies about... All of these decisions. So we made the call last year after kind of going back and forth about when we were going to do the spoiler cast uh, to just wait until all five episodes were completed. And I'm glad that we did because now we can talk about it all at once. And we even have a very special interview with uh, Michelle and Jean-Luc for the Don't Now team. Uh, We're going to sprinkle in some stuff from them as well. So we hope that you guys enjoy. Obviously, this is a spoiler cast. I don't think I need to say (laughs) It's going to be filled spoilers. with spoilers. it. <laughs> so if you haven't finished all five episodes, I highly recommend you do that first. Or if you're like, yo, I'm never going to get there, just know we're not holding anything back. Okay. So now that that's out of the way, both Brittany and I kind of put little synopsis, synopsises, Ooh. synopsis, synopses, synopsis, I, like I think that's what it is, I have no uh, idea. <laughs> together <laughs> about each of the five episodes because we can't go into every single um, decision that's made across all five episodes because we would be here forever. Yes. <laughs> and some of them obviously are less impactful than others, but we're going to kind of hit the highlights. So just as a refresher, if you guys haven't played in a while, uh, Life is Strange 2 is a story about a journey of two brothers. They are Sean and Daniel Diaz that starts in Seattle, Washington and ends up in... Well, I guess it ends up where it ends up depending ends on up which question ending question you get. Mark. <laughs> question mark. Well, it's intended it's to end up of in Puerto border, Lobos.
1: Sort of. Sort at least of. in that area is where Mexico border, is where they're trying to get six, to. So tra-
2: or six feet under or Yeah, yeah in prison. It's great.
0: Yeah. Very there's happy. a lot of options this time around to to decide like how your ending is going to, to go because the first one really had like two endings and so that was it.
1: Yeah, it was very... Yeah, are you going to, you know, flip the lever this way or that way? I was like, clearly, I feel
0: like it should be one way, but apparently not. Well, how you flip that lever actually dictates what happens in some things in Episode 5, which we'll get to. So, let's start, shall we? Yes. With Episode 1, Rhodes. Wait. I just said Uno. Uno? (laughs) Episode Uno. Well, that works, too. Um, So, we... Start out in Seattle. We get to meet Sean and Daniel in their home with their father, Esteban. And this kind of sets the stage for the relationship with Sean and Daniel that's going to follow. Um, there is an altercation with a neighbor boy outside where there is a little incidence of bullying. Big brother, Sean, comes to Daniel's rescue. But then that's where shit kind of goes sideways. So Very sad. their father comes out to kind of get involved And then there's a bunch of yelling and it looks like this boy has been hurt. And then, you know, long story boring, Daniel's powers emerge after his father gets shot by this police officer. And um, that's when, you know, the story really kind of kicks off. So when you guys first kind of set up the relationship between Sean and Daniel, did you guys set out to be a good big brother? Or were you like, hey, you know what, do what you want. I don't care. I think uh, I played it how I imagined I would be,
1: which is go away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be bothered with you. I mean,
1: I feel like any teenager, regardless of male or female, like that's not a time when you really want to bond with anyone who's a different age, unless they're a little a little older and not a lot older. Like you, as a teenager, tend to be you're like, no, no, I stick with like this this small demographic, and maybe a few years up. But, like, down, absolutely not. <laughs> so that's how I kind of felt he would naturally be. Maybe I just haven't been around a lot of teenagers. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that's how I felt it would go. And so I played it that way regardless. I knew, obviously, like, something bad was going to happen. But I like, this, this is what felt true to me.
2: Oh, that's sweet. Not really. Is it? I, I was like, it's actually pretty not sweet. No, it, so you actually got into character. So it's one of the things I really liked about playing the first Life is Strange, was I felt like as a wise and old adult, I got to guide Max and make decisions that I think would be more beneficial. Decisions maybe someone who's already gone through high school, been there, done that, would experience rather than someone who's caught up in the social shenaniganry of high school bullshit. So I was like, you are going to be a good brother, Sean. You are going to be patient. You're going to be firm and you're going to let him be a little kid. So that's how I played it. I, Daniel did, you know, he was kind of annoying, He, but he was a good annoying. He was like an appropriate level of annoying. He wasn't like over the top. He hey, was
1: Daniel. realistically annoying, but I yeah. found that even that was too much for me. Sometimes. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Granted,
2: I, if that were me in real life, I don't know if I could have done it, but I'm just sitting back on my nice cozy couch with the controller in my hand. So I had a little bit more patience. Fair.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um. No. I'm. I'm with the. I see both sides of it. I see Steimer's angle of being like, I just can't be bothered because it's not my responsibility. But at the same. T- at the same time, it's like, well, what am I gonna do? Let them take my my brother away? You know, my mom has abandoned us, and like he's all I have left now. Like dealing with like the shock of like watching your father getting shot and kind of dying in front oh, of I you. I meant before
1: everything, like the yeah. the little bit before after i definitely played him a little bit mm. uh more fatherly because i feel like after events that intense you would naturally have to change your personality but i think before when he's trying to just be regular teenage boy that was when i was like no no go away like get out of here like i can't be bothered with you you are my kid brother oh um, yeah well that makes sense yeah i didn't play him that way the whole oh my god i'm, I'm not a monster <laughs> <laughs>
0: keep telling yourself that I mean I have (laughs) not in this instance okay so let's talk about leaving Seattle um unless there are specific questions or decisions Brett, that you think you we should go over in Seattle
2: no not really I mean while it does set the scene and it's very intense I think it's one of the most uncomfortable opening scenes or one of the most uncomfortable scenes in the entire game actually is that opening part it doesn't really play yeah. a huge part, so I mean,
0: no. It does I guess in
1: the sense that it moves everything forward Shoot. without it, but yeah. Okay, there's a
0: literary here's... term for that, right? For like a a big narrative a catalyst, arc, catalyst. I, catalyst. I thought there was like a specific literary term. Um, Where's John Drake you? when you need him? He would He's know exactly what shower. this is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did have one regret about the opening. I wish I would have stolen the money out of the jar, and I didn't. And I, after everything went down, was like, "Dang it! If I had actually just stolen the money, first off, my dad would never have found out, and then I would have been much better off for the it's next true. scene." <laughs> but I did the right thing and didn't steal the
1: money. You know, that's life. Sometimes you do the right thing and you get hosed for it.
0: Ain't mm-hmm. that the truth? Uh, what did you ladies think about Lila, Sean's friend? I, um, I, I thought oh, she wanted ahead. the D. Oh, I'm, totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And she, I know she. They was were about to beating. be friends with benefits before this. Game absolutely yeah and no she was playing matchmaker between him and jen but i got this feeling of no she wants your nuts but you're just a dumb young kid and you don't know any better
0: yep yep that's, that's how, how i right. felt too mm-hmm. um i didn't get as much of a connection to her um i didn't end up speaking to her or calling her at any point um in the series Um, But there was, like, a sense of remorse having to, like, walk away from literally everything and everyone you know because you have this sense of obligation to protect your family even though it's not what you want to be doing right now. Um, So after they leave Seattle on the run from the police, they are sleeping out in the wilderness, and they come across a gas station. So in this gas station is when they run into Hank and Doris, I believe who are like a husband and wife team that are running it. And they also run into Brody um, here as well. So how did you ladies play out your time in the gas station? Did you steal anything? Did you buy anything? Did you get supplies? Did you eat? What happened?
1: I tried to keep him as orderly as possible. So I didn't, I stole something at the very end of this episode. Uh, I think it was this episode. Maybe it was the second one. The camping gear? I don't remember. The camping gear. Yeah. I stole camping gear. I do not remember exactly when that happened. But at the end, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was at the end when, like, you already know these are terrible people. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't care that I'm stealing this fucking sleeping bag from you. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Um, but otherwise, I didn't steal anything before that. I was like, no, no. I'm going to keep keep things to the book because, again, in my mind, logically, I'm like, if I do get caught by someone, like, the last thing I need is more marks on my record If only Uh, of of bad things that I have done. So. uh, So, yeah. Camping gear at the very end when I was like, man, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to need to sleep outside anyway. I may as well be comfortable. I don't have the money for this. Yeah. I'm just going.
2: I also didn't steal anything because in my mind, I'm like, well, if I play this right from the very beginning, like Simer, maybe, you know, they won't get me for theft. Maybe I won't stick out like a sore thumb. Maybe if I don't steal anything, they won't call the cops and maybe I won't get busted. I don't know. All these things are going through my head. Uh, So I played it like Simer did, but I thought Brody at first was a freaking creep. You know, he's sitting in this little gas station on this laptop looking at, I don't know, I guess it turned out to be nudist colony stuff. And then little Daniel like shuffles over and he's like, what are you looking at? Oh, is that dirty stuff? And I was like, oh, no, sir. I was worried. I was like, is
1: he going to be a
0: pedophile? How dark are we going here? (laughs) What
2: are we doing? With Life is Strange Well, I mean, after
0: everything that happened in the first Life is Strange, I feel like nothing's too dark because that got really dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was with you that I had some like flashbacks of, you know, the the creepy professor or whatever from the original, but I'm glad that he turned out to be a good guy, but I felt like I never quite believed that he was going to be good. I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. Same. Because he ultimately helps the boys escape from the gas station, right? So, like, they run away and then he, like, gives them a ride and that's where they meet Mushroom, the puppy. And um, I was so irritated.
1: That was so irritating to me. He's that like the dog I took, took the, the dog. puppy. And I was like, yeah, because that's what we need. We need <laughs> another thing, another bit of responsibility right now. Thanks very much. Not only do I have to take care of you, child, <laughs> now I have to take care of this puppy, which is adorable, sure, but I but. got enough stress happening right now i don't need a puppy on top of it how dare you i hate you why are you don't you listen to me kids are stupid and rant
2: no it's true daniel had the right response in the beginning he said or sean sorry he said we don't need another dog we don't need a dog this is a huge responsibility I was like right. yeah good job i thought the dog was gonna be kind of like a cute little you know joke maybe like you think you're getting a dog but you're not ha. video games but oh no Oh, no, no, you
0: get a dog. you get a dog. (laughs) Whether you want the dog or not, you get the dog. And she's very cute. She Mm -hmm. is. She's sweet. Mushroom is a weird name, but, you know, that's okay. Um, I think that something that we didn't talk about in addition to, you know, talking a little bit about Hank and Doris and why they were bad is just how, you know, in your face, Don't Nod was with tackling the idea of Mexican-American racism, like right away from this first episode, Obviously, the Diaz family is of Mexican heritage. Um, they made that clear in the very beginning. There's a lot of um, Spanish-language moments that happen in all five episodes. Um, and they do touch on that racism, that underlying idea that they don't belong here and they're not here despite the fact that they're American citizens quite a few times over this series. Did you ladies think that it was heavy-handed, or did you think that they handled it with the amount of tact that was necessary?
1: I think I was a little. I mean, maybe you can speak to this a little bit more, Brittany. But I was surprised to see it so blatant in like a uh, in Washington State. Like even if it was sort of Hicksville, I feel like Washington in general is a bit more liberal in the way that they think. Um, so I was surprised to see it so early on. Uh, not necessarily with the cops because cops can be really dumb. <laughs> but uh, but like with people out, you know, uh, they, this was still I think technically Washington, or if it wasn't, it was still it was Oregon. Like it's still kind of out there i was i don't know i was surprised to see it there i wasn't surprised to see it in general because i do think that it very much exists and is prominent i just tend to think of it in other areas uh more
2: yeah i'm with you i mean as much as i yeah you're right washington is very liberal but definitely you know there are some pockets of so i think
1: of that as more eastern sorry if you are no, you're right you're right
2: (laughs) more eastern but also more like south too of uh like seattle like where the kids may have been because i think by that point they've been walking for two days or so so there are some like areas where i'm thinking like well maybe it we could be here but i mean the, re- the reality is there's just assholes everywhere right that's true and hank uh at first you know i was like okay like you know you you know what these kids are being hunted for you, apparently they killed a police officer so of course you're gonna lock them up but then when he was like well maybe i should call ice and see if you're legal or something like that i was like sir sir <laughs> sir excuse, excuse me. me sir <laughs> excuse me you don't need to do that and as you know as far as like the tact goes i guess it's hard for me to speak to that because i i mean i think it's tacky as hell obviously but i've never experienced anything like that before in my life so it was interesting i think i meant to pull an email and this is my bad for not getting it from someone who was mexican-american and they were talking about this but they sent it like a year ago right when this first episode came out So I think it's buried in my email. So my bad.
0: That's all right. If you can find it by the end of the spoiler cast, great. If you can't, don't sweat it. Okay. Um, So let's kind of get to the end of episode one and move on to episode two. So, um, and Brittany, in this doc that you pulled with all of these questions and kind of the percentages, um, I think the one to me that is obviously the stands out as like the biggest difference is Daniel and Lies. Yeah. This idea that you promised Daniel you won't lie to him again or you said you'll try to be honest. Yeah,
2: so you're outside. Sean is outside, and he comes back inside the hotel room. This is after Brody's help set you up. And Daniel sees on, on the news their dad dead. You know, it's the news story. And he's like, Dad's dead, and everything's swirling around him. And then they have this emotional moment, and they have a conversation, and Daniel's like, your dog, your big brother, please don't lie to me again. And then it's that moment. Do you promise not to lie or do you say you're trying not to lie again?
1: I assume because the breakdown here is 91% that I probably promised him I wouldn't <laughs> lie again,
2: <laughs> even
1: if that was a lie. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that's the kind of like tough part about some of the dialogue that was written here. It's like a lot of times when you get into these narrative choice adventure games, Sometimes there just isn't an option for what you would actually want to say. You just kind of have to pick the thing that is closest. And I think the idea that you're promising him not to lie again is something you say to kids all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's he's like eight, nine. You're like, like, your dog. Yeah, totally. No, I'm never going to lie
1: to you again. How will you ever know you're eight or nine? Like, you're not a real person yet. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you are. But... Your your pro- your morality you are, meter not. might not be quite there, which is what you're building throughout this whole game. So you're not fully yeah. cooked.
0: Yeah. Not not fully baked yet. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it in oven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, very impactful first episode, and then we had to wait a little while to get episode two, rules. So this is quite a different tone than the first episode because it's a lot more uh, world building and relationship building. There isn't like a, a giant moment, I think. Uh of action which i was actually kind of glad for so the boys are out in the woods they found this abandoned house to live in with mushroom and they're eating canned ravioli and mm. kind of walking around kind of like just living almost like boxcar children oh. yeah they kind awesome. of did right okay. yeah i was like you could just i mean
1: yeah. here's my thing for the beginning <laughs> i if something like this had gone down My first instinct would not be let's run to Mexico, which is really fucking far away. It would be turn around, go north and go to Canada because you'd be there in a day and a half. And (laughs) especially
0: from Seattle, I'm like, I'm sure they would grant you amnesty. It's Canada. They're really nice there. No, probably not. If I was going to think of a country that would protect me if I was a Mexican heritage citizen. It's just more of getting uh, out of the country as soon as possible true. With, is, my,
1: is my thing. And like, hiding. Yeah. And just go hide in Canada for a really long time and hope that eventually you can get a flight from Canada to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> or a boat. Or get a boat. I don't know. But I would just be like, get I off was- American soil immediately. I think plan. we've discovered that we'd be very
0: bad fugitives. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would. This is
1: why I, This is why I, I obey
0: all rules. <laughs> I don't want to ever have to think about it. Um, okay, so Brittany, uh-huh. did you kill the cougar or did you not kill the cougar? What happened in your place Well too? let's talk about what happens to little mushroom yeah, before we go so to the cougar. You okay, wake,
2: you wake up and little mushroom is scratch on the glass because she has to go patty. And so Daniel and Mushroom go out and you kinda dink on the house a bit of Sean, and you're like, Okay, I need to go get those two. You go out, you follow the tracks, you see Mushroom's collar, her little handkerchief just kinda sitting in the snow. Bad omen. I, I knew at this moment it was not gonna be good. So you keep walking, you keep walking, and then you turn the corner, and then you see Mushroom's lifeless, bloody body. And you see a cougar kind of crouching in front of it, well, behind the body, and then Daniel is facing both of them. And then at that op- at that moment, you have the opportunity to encourage Daniel to – well, I don't know if it's an encouragement, but go ahead and kill the cougar or tell him to not kill the cougar. And at this moment – this is like what's well, going through my head. I'm like, this is a very hungry animal. This was a little puppy – granted it sucks that mushroom is dead because mushroom is very dead at this point but the cougar is probably hungry this is just a fucking circle of life man daniel killing the cougar solves absolutely nothing it just teaches him in that moment that he can use his powers in moments of extreme anger to hurt like hurt or harm something so i was like this is not going to end well if i tell him to kill it so i stepped in front of him and i was like no i'm gonna wave a stick at this beast oh "Oh." hell no
1: i told him to kill it but it was mostly because i was i was like this is a dangerous animal. I don't know what he's going to do. We have no weapons, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shaking a stick at it could work, or it could fucking eat me. <laughs> so I was like, you have powers. I mean, it's dangerous. Like, And I'm not somebody who's like, violent towards animals, usually. But it was more of like, if I'm panicked, if I've seen it's just killed something in front of me, if he and I are the only other things living around that could possibly want to eat, uh... Even if I mean I wouldn't have like done what he did, but just like fling it maybe, like, you know, just force push it away How does would he have been kill acceptable. It?
2: Does he just like crush it? He like it?
1: he like snaps its neck. Nice. And cool. way- I think I think that's what he does. I'm pretty sure. And I remember yeah. just being like, Woof, all right. I mean, you didn't need to <laughs> you didn't need to do that with it but just what's a
0: more humane way it, to kill it i think that's a pretty humane way to kill an animal again i was saying he didn't necessarily need to kill it but it was just more of like could get have, it out of the vicinity scared it off right. it. yeah
1: yeah, like, yeah. if, if after, a cougar got force pushed 100 feet back i don't think it's coming for us anymore i think it's gonna go home
2: yeah and it was sad because we didn't get mushroom's body then <laughs> the cougar yeah. like picks her leg up and drags her off in the woods and it was very sad
0: yeah, I also did not kill the cougar because in my mind I was like, well, the cougar's probably starving. Humans have probably pushed it out of its natural habitat. This is the dog that we- is another mouth to feed. It's probably better that it's gone. I wasn't
1: <laughs> mad that the, that the cougar killed the dog, to be clear. <laughs> I agree with this. I agree with that. Like, Yes, oh, that no. circle of life. It was more of I felt in danger and I did not want to deal with
0: a dangerous No, that's animal. fair. Understood. Understood. Um, okay, so after that terrifying incident, uh, the boys decide, "Hey, we're almost out of food. We gotta go. Let's try going to see our grandparents and see how it goes." And, and so, I'm sorry, real quick, Steve- Daniel
2: was sick, right? That was also part of the reason yes. yes. for them moving. Okay.
0: Yeah, because Sean was like, "Yo, dog, get- you're not getting better. You have this cough. Like, you need some some medicine." And we just, it's probably time. It's probably time for us to just, you know, show our face. And so they decide to go visit their grandparents, Stephen and Claire, who are next door neighbors to one Captain Spirit. So we actually briefly meet these two uh, Where well we meet Claire in the adventures of Captain Spirit. And then we see them in kind of like the post credit scenes of Captain Spirit. And so we know that they're going to cross paths and that Chris is part of this universe. And so I'm really glad we had this cool moment where Daniel gets to kind of be a kid again. So they show up at the house. And Daniel and Claire, or excuse me, Stephen and Claire are rightly like, yo, where have you guys been? We saw the news. What's going down? Yeah, okay? What's <laughs> happening?
3: Um, they like, no,
0: no, we're not. So how did you ladies approach your relationship with the grandparents? Were you open and honest with them? Were you like, let's keep Daniel's power secret? Did you want to get close to them? Oh, I kept everything a secret. Um, I didn't really
1: want to get super close to them because I had a feeling... We would need to be moving on again in my, st- <laughs> I felt like they stayed everywhere way too long for me, for my comfort level of being a fugitive on the run Let'd <laughs> be like, no, 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 we got to go. <laughs> we don't have time to sit here and talk to you. Um, but since, uh, Daniel was sick and whatever, they had a reason to stay. I was like, okay, we're going to be as polite to these people as possible. We're mm-hmm. going to follow all of their rules, but we're not going to like, hopefully get too comfy here because I you know can't realistically we're not going to stay.
2: Yeah, that was the thing that was always going through the back of my mind is how the f- is this going to end? Like, how are we going to, you know, They, I know they like to paint a pretty picture. of Everyone's all cute and cozy and comfy in their nice bed and cute jammies. But, you know, that shit's coming to an end real quick. But, yeah, when yeah. it came to talking to Stephen, I think I lied about his power. And 49% of people confessed to Steven about Daniels. 51% pretended you didn't know anything because I was like you, Simon. Like, the less people know, the better for our sake and their sake. But yeah, yeah, I was a very very good kid. I did all my laundry. I did all my chores. I picked up when I could. Thanks, friends. I can't remember
1: if I told him about the powers or not. I did use them to save Steven for, like when Same. the armoire or whatever falls, falls on him. Yeah, I did. Too. I was like just help him. <laughs> but, just do it. But just do it quickly and quietly. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't I but I can't remember if I if I lied to him or not.
2: I think yeah that was also a good way to show daniel that it's okay to use your power for good reasons like this as long as it's you know discreet and i think that was a i think that was a decision that comes into play later on when you're building your little brother
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> when and, you're lincoln logs building your yeah. well, well we'll get into yeah we'll get into the education events um in, in just a little bit but um so i also like kind of kept it a little reserved because i didn't know what to make of, of claire and steven and I like how they touched on this idea of religion in the home and being in somebody else's home with a religion that's different than yours or something you might not believe in, and like how you would respond, how you would act. Um, Because I think it can sometimes be a really – touchy thing if you're at somebody's house and they like all hold hands to say a prayer and you're like wait i don't know what this prayer is and i don't know what we're doing but do i go along with it do i not do i make a scene Mm -hmm. um if you're in that situation do you go along with it or do you not what's your personal experience i always
1: go along with it i'm in their house i may not know what's going on (laughs) but so long as we're not about to do a ritual sacrifice (laughs) where we're killing someone i think like what's the harm in holding people's hands and like saying you're you're grateful for what you have that's there's there's no reason to not in my opinion unless you're just being a real stubborn asshole Uh, (laughs) like just say it just just go along with it you don't even need to believe it but if it makes them feel better that's the least you can do for them
2: yeah I I have the exact same mentality I'm not religious but when it came to the game I was like okay yeah hold hands make everyone feel good give Daniel a little morale boost maybe make him you know feel comforted I guess for the 30 minutes of comfort he has right in this exactly. entire fucking game. Yeah, um, And he
1: should also learn that again sometimes you do things because they're important to other people
0: and not necessarily license, you. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so I did in the game right.
0: as well but normally in person I don't full full truth because I'm just like, I'll sit there quietly and not say anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's this part of me that's like, I feel like I'm doing something false. So I just don't.
1: I mean, I would hold their hands. I wouldn't say the prayer probably in real life. I
0: like holding people's hands. It's yeah, nice. Like it's a nice hands. gesture. Yeah. I want to complete the circle. I don't want them to feel like of <laughs> like there's a weird missing link. Um, what did you guys think about Daniel and Captain Spirit being friends? I thought it was adorable. It was I was
1: really like, cute. thankfully, I'm just just glad he had a friend that was his <laughs> age. Go play with your
2: friend. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I be mean, that parent. I'd
0: be like, go, just
2: go, go play with your toys. Go do this, do mm-hmm. that. But this is the, I, I kind of have an issue with the beginning of the game where it's like, why would you run? But I get your panicked teenager, maybe, I don't know. But this is the game where I had like the, the the episode where I had the biggest issue with, I think, the game. And that was when, you know, everyone's all buddy buddy. Um, Daniel and Chris are cute. Chris's dad, what's his name? name Charles. Charles. They're all hanging out and they're like, hey, we're going to go. And maybe we're going to get into this in a second, but we're going to go to a tree farm. Mm-hmm. And that was, and I was like, oh, no, you're not. And there's no option to stay home. And I feel like if you're a fugitive on the run, the last thing you do is you go to a tree farm with these people, this friend you just met, where you put your face out in public.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, especially because I I feel like granted this episode was a while ago that when I played it, but I'm pretty sure you had like some sort of agreement with Claire and Steven where it's like, We're gonna try like stay in your house. Or like in the very general vicinity, like backyard. And that's as far as we go. So yeah, for them to just be like, Cool, guess we're going to the tree farm I was like, This is a narrative device (laughs) because otherwise they would just be i guess chilling in their grandparents which also feels false because where else would you look of course people who are related like
2: i think i feel like they would have found out eventually i think that they did say that the police did come to their house before they got there looking for them right but yeah i mean they would probably come back at some point so that was just annoying because then you know the whole plot played out with Oh, someone saw you at the tree farm, and now, you know, the police are out the door. And you're
0: like, well, no, duh. Well, the reason I got caught, and we'll talk about meeting Cassidy at the tree farm in just a second, but the reason I got caught is because I decided to try to call Lila, because I didn't call uh, her at the end of the first episode. I never called her back. And I felt never. bad about it, and so I was like, you know what, I really want to try to get in contact with my friend, but, like, in hindsight, I should have known Girl, that they would have traced the call. you should know better than uh, that. I know. I know. And so if I, I something like up. this happens, everyone's dead to you. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot no, internet call them. Browsing. No. Don't you know, everybody, everybody, um, everybody finds you. I feel, though, in this day and age, if you're able, in, like, the year 2020, if you're able to find, like, a public payphone, that's, like, one of the last places oh, that you yeah. can make a phone call <laughs> that's, that's not traceable.
1: Yeah, but even if they can, like, they'll know your general vicinity. That's true. Be but, like, ah, they're in this state, and you're like,
2: shit. Shit. Now I um, you know which state I'm. And real quick, you have a hair loop by your right ear behind your yeah, there No, you go. it's the mic it's the microphone. Oh, cord. it looks like a hair loop, and I've been staring yeah. at it.
0: Okay. I know. It does look like hair. It's just it's literally part of the microphone. I can try to tuck it in. No, no, it's fine. I, I would... mean it's part of the it's part of the headset. It was winking the... at me. Um
2: but yeah, so the other thing too with this, I know we'll get to the tree farm, but when you when you first arrive, you have that conversation, or you have the opportunity to have that conversation With Daniel about Chris and the powers that Chris thinks he has but Daniel's tricking him into thinking he has these powers and the decision you make there oh my god it can really impact the end of this episode Um, but in the meantime do you know did you tell Daniel to suppress to tell Chris the truth or do you tell him. That he should just like keep it a secret and let Chris continue to believe that he has these magical powers.
0: I told him to let Chris believe. Uh-huh. The kids are at that age, like let him believe that he's powerful. He needs that like narrative escape into his imagination from all of the crap that's clearly happening in his household with his drunk dad. And so I was like, don't tell him. Don't take this away from him. Just let him. Let's let him have it.
1: Yeah, oh. I did that, too. I felt really bad at the end of the episode because oh, no of this. Oh, no shit.
0: But I was like, Wait, he's fine. He'll walk it off. <laughs> <It's just> like- <laughs> Wait, I told him, but I still was able to save Chris. Uh, I mean, he didn't die. He doesn't die. He just gets hit he by a car. He just gets hit by a car. Oh, but he, think- he didn't get hit by the car in my playthrough.
1: Oh, no, he got hit by a car in mine. Yeah, so Because the- I the- told Daniel, no, no, yeah, you can just let him believe, but whatever, keep it chill. And then at the end, when he's like, I should use my powers, I was like, no, you should not.
2: So in your playthrough, then, Andrea, did Daniel use his power to move the cop car at the last minute? Yes. Okay, because if you've encouraged Daniel to not use his powers, he won't. So Chris freaking runs out, puts his hand out in front like he's going to stop the car and protect his friends. But oh, no, the cop just smacks him and then he just...
1: And that, my friends, is a metaphor for life. (laughs) When you think you're helping somebody or
2: you're helping...
1: You're actually hurting them later on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was talking about more about the car hitting you, but yeah. <laughs> 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 Either
0: oh my works, gosh, They oh both my work. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about meeting Cassidy. Yeah. So we get to the, like this little parking lot <laughs> tree farm thing where they're buying a, a Christmas tree. And there is a couple of what are, you know, look like homeless teens, youth, young adults. It's unclear exactly like how old Cassidy is. Um, Unless they put her age in some of the details somewhere and I just missed it. But so she's singing a song and they kind of set this up as like a like a, a teachable moment about ignoring people who are just kind of on the street. Because I think a lot of times when we go about our lives and we see homeless people or displaced people on the street, like just looking for help or looking for conversation. Our instinct is to just like put your blinders up and be like, I have my own business I need to attend to. I can't stop and help you or keep walking, especially since, you know, there are there is a, an epidemic in specific regions with drug use in homeless populations. And so I think that's something that Nod did really well, kind of tackling this issue that we haven't really seen explored too much in video games before. This idea of like what it means to be homeless and why they're on the street and like what their motivation is. Um, and I don't know if we ever really get a clear idea of like what Cassidy's life goals are and like what she wants to do and I know that they had some conversations about it, but I thought that it was a really nice moment between Sean and Cassidy in the parking lot.
3: That
0: mm. was unexpected for sure. I also did not expect her character to sound like that when oh yeah, like the like the tone of her voice. I don't know why I just expected it to be like younger sounding, I guess. She did have a mature voice, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe some shit went down in her life, and it made her voice drop
1: a few octaves. I, I, I
2: don't oh, know how works.
1: No, it's not. But I don't. I mean, maybe, maybe it could. I'm yeah. not a scientist.
2: Yeah, I. Um, so before I played episode two, I had seen snippets from episode, you know, three and four. So when I saw Cass in the tree farm, I was like, "Oh, I know you're going to be a big deal." So I made sure to pay attention to her at, when I saw her. But I don't know if I would have. Because maybe my blinders would have been put on. I would have been like, okay, she's just trying to get a few bucks and then go about my business, not buying
0: Christmas presents for people because
2: – did you guys buy Christmas presents for anyone? I yeah, did. I, I did. bought
0: one, I bought one thing for Daniel. Yeah. yeah.
2: I bought the Christmas presents and I
1: sat and talked with her, but mostly because I really liked her song. Yeah. I it was very pretty. And I thought – and I was like, he would definitely think <laughs> she's very pretty too. So let's just – let's, let's give him a little bit – A little bit of excitement. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like I really tried to balance as best I could. I mean, we are the puppet masters of these people. And I was like, look, you're going to have really rough things ahead, even though you've already had a bunch of rough things happen to you. There's still more coming. So why not have these little moments when you can have them and really appreciate
0: them? Mm-hmm. True. I agree. I still um, love yo Oh, you oh, did! did? Love well, it. Mean, it was
2: free. It was in the donation
0: box. Oh, oh, I took the oh. I took the yo-yo too. I don't remember if I did. That's not stealing. If it's, it's free, it's you just took it. Well, you I gave it, it a from new a home. donation
2: box that was not intended for me. But,
0: but, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, it I was think oh, I remember this moment. During, yeah, yeah. Okay, there okay. You go. okay. <laughs> Got it. So you took it away from
1: some other child. To give to your child. Not yeah, your essentially. Child, yeah. So I don't know that that really counts. Does it? Because like mm, you're still, not. the intended purpose is still the same. I, I To, agree. It, to <laughs> make a needy child happy. Exactly. I feel like you did that. So Thanks, I timer. feel like you're probably okay. Good. <laughs> Morality wise
2: there. There. good. Good.
0: Um, so that kind of brings us, um, since we already talked about Chris and the police officer, it kind of brings us to the end of episode two. Um, obviously after this scene in the, uh, with the Christmas tree, you go back, um, Chris and his dad go to their houses at their tree up, you go back. And that's when, you know, Claire and Steven are like, yo, what the hell? We told you not to leave. Where were you? Why'd you do this? And then the police show up and they try to hide you. And then obviously it does not work out. Um, oh, actually, and then, yeah. You
2: you go into Karen's room, mm-hmm. and you get to learn about your mama, and you're like, man, yeah, sounds so, like a good person.
0: That was like a whole thing because you I stayed true and didn't want, did not want to break into Karen's room. But the game kind of forces your hand at the very end of the episode,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: then you get to like see Karen's room and kind of figure out a little bit about who Karen is because your mom has barely been a mystery, and like even up to this point, we don't really know what Karen's motivations are. We don't learn those until episode four, so. Um, let's just go ahead and power through right to episode three. So you're on the run again after having had this kind of nice moment with your grandparents and with this kid next door and with this girl you met in the parking lot. <laughs> Sorry, kid wow. next door. You okay. are in. Wait, so you, did, you're, Chris was fine. Chris is, Chris
1: is alive was Chris in mine, not yours? hit by the car. He was fine.
2: Yeah, Chris was, because I told Chris the truth, so he was on his swing set, so he pointed me to the troll forest path at the end of the episode.
1: Oh, so you didn't even have the cop chase Mm -mm. chase you Mm -mm. okay yeah i I saw that that was an option i was like oh dang yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe that was the way to go yeah so then i had the cop car
0: chasing me and i was like daniel no and then uh chris got hit smoosh it's interesting that all three of us got different Mm -hmm. different outcomes in that playthrough of that episode yeah but
1: he's fine he's fine the kid is fine good (laughs) i mean capital f fine i don't know he (laughs) may
0: have a few broken bones i but ah kids heal fast kids do heal fast he'll be fine. fine Um, So, episode three is called Wastelands, and this is quite a bit of a shift tonally in what's happening, because I think it gets a lot more serious, because now they're on their own, they're in this pot farm, and it was interesting, because I believe I spoke to uh, Michelle and Jean-Luc about this, because when they originally wrote the script, uh, marijuana was still only approved for sale for medical uses in the state of California, but... Mm. Once this episode was released, it had been legalized for recreational use, thus kind of making these illegal pot farms moot, in a sense. Um, and it's really changed the dynamic of commercial growing of marijuana in Northern California. So they don't exactly say this, but it's kind of hinted that it's in what's called the Green Triangle of Humboldt County um, in Northern California, if you guys are familiar with Didn't that. did know that existed. <laughs> that area, um, it was really kind of where... Um, certain types of medical marijuana strains were were pioneered. There is specific sections of the West Coast on the northern side in like the Oregon and Washington areas as well where there's a lot of growing happening. So I thought it was an interesting choice from Don't Nod to say, hey, we're gonna really like target this well known area in California. Um so we've come across them they're sitting around this campfire and um that kind of like kicks off the episode. Brett, do you want to recap this one?
2: Um no. And I say that (laughs) I look at she's
0: like, "Mm, no, no. (laughs)
2: thank you. So we're
0: sitting around this campfire and we see Cassidy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she was kind of the link. So we catch up to Cassidy and Finn, who is the guy that she was with in episode two. And they're on this farm that belongs to this guy, Big Joe. And so Big Joe's kind of like the foreman. He runs the ship and he pays all these people. I thought
1: Big Joe didn't own it. I thought he was just like the muscle. Doesn't the other guy own it? Yeah, he's the muscle. So who's the, what's the who name of the owns guy? It? I, don't I know. forget the
0: name of the owner, but he's the guy at the very end of the episode. Okay. Um so that's my bad for getting that wrong. Um I'll just double check the other notes. Um so we kind of get this different dynamic cuz now it kind of feels like it's a northern California commune where there's just a bunch of young people or middle-aged people who are like I want to get off the grid. I just want to live without responsibilities, and I'm just going to work for food and work for a little bit of money that will help me keep clothes on my back and keep my my stomach full and a roof over my head, whether it's a tent or whether it's like a trailer or whatever they're living in. And it's um it was an interesting, I think, look at motivations for life and kind of ambitions and kind of taking – this idea that you're supposed to do this certain path, like you're supposed to go to school and then you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to get a job, you're supposed to start a family, right? Like this idea that society says you have to do X, Y, and Z in your life. And these people kind of threw that out the window to be like, I'm just going to like live out here in the middle of the woods and do nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, could I could mean, you so do I it?
1: Could you do it, Steimer, For a limited amount of time, sure. But I, the problem that would get me is I like indoor plumbing too much. <laughs> Yeah, like that's the thing where I could do like glamping or whatever, like a tiny house in the middle of the woods. That's what I could do. I couldn't do what they do in this episode where they're basically sleeping in a tent. Uh, The bathroom is just like a bucket on the ground and the other bathroom, the shower is a bucket above you of water. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And I could if I needed to, because, of course, you can pretty much do anything if you are in a bind. Uh, But it's not how I would choose to live. For an extended period of time, if I had the options,
2: I'm down to camp for a few days, but yeah, I'd, I'd prefer not to. Anyway, the guy's name is Meryl.
1: Meryl, Meryl. okay, Meryl. thank you. you.
2: Um, so my notes kind of start where everyone's sitting around the campfire. It's the day before payday, and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of passing around the booze. What?
1: Oh no, I was just gonna say. So I went in like the very yeah the first night when they're all drinking whatever, and you're you wake up in your tent before that, and it's like he has like a a thousand dollars and I was like you can go like, I, <laughs> sure it's not you're not you may not have the greatest most cushy trip down to Mexico but like pretty sure you can make it to Mexico you could get a bus like you can I mean granted a bus would not be you need to cover your face and then you could get a bus <laughs> yeah. um but I'm like you have plenty. you have the money I don't know what you're waiting for child go
2: payday baby I think Did they just,
1: just kept I I would imagine it's more of the comfort Getting kind of stuck in a rut in a sense. Or not even a rut. but just A like, routine. This is a routine yeah. and I know how to do it and I can just keep saying that we're saving and saving and going to go. But really I'm writing this out as long as possible because I know what is actually out in real world land. And I prefer to stay over here in the woods mm-hmm. in in somewhat of a fantasy land.
2: Again, yeah, their little comfort yeah, sure. coziness. You know it all has to come to an end real quick. Um, so, anywho, yeah, you're all sitting on the campfire, and then they're passing around. I think it's just alcohol. It's just beer, I think. It's just beer. And you have the opportunity to drink it or to pass on it, and then shortly after to go to sleep with Daniel or to stay up late and let Daniel go get escorted by Finn to his tent. Do you remember what you ladies did? Yes. I was sober. Mm-hmm. I played Daniel I got drunk. fairly straight edge. Um, <laughs> Obviously.
1: <because laughs> I just felt like if I... Number one, again, I'm a fugitive. Who knows at what point the cops are about to raid this pot farm and would discover me and my brother. I need to be alert at all times. I can't. Right. I do not have time for the drunkenness. Uh, and then I went to bed with Daniel because he had mentioned already, like, you're always hanging out with everybody else. And I was like, all right, whatever. We can go to sleep. <laughs> it's
2: fine. Yeah. No, I did the same thing, too, because then when you go to sleep with Daniel and I remained sober, which was very hard. Uh, he talks about his anger, right? And you get to have kind of that heart-to-heart combo with him. And throughout this episode, you can tell he's really kind of looking up to Finn. Finn is like the cool guy. Yeah. And, poor, and poor Sean's like, man, I just want some credit. But hey, that's kids for you, right? It, it really is,
0: is. yeah. Um, I think I went to sleep with Daniel uh, because I was just like, like feeling like the big brother love. But I definitely got drunk around the campfire. Um, But I I also didn't want I knew Daniel would be like, if you're doing it, then I can do it. And I'll be like, I don't need
1: a drunk power, super powered kid Mm -hmm. running around. That's like the last thing I need. No.
0: Agreed. Um, So that kind of leads us into the kind of the meat and the action of this episode. Um, So for the next day, um, you have like obviously this altercation with Big Joe It can go one of both ways. And but really, we're here for the heist. Right. So Finn's got this big idea. (sighs) Fucking fit. like this is fucking a terrible Daniel, idea. Daniel,
2: if he would have just done what he was told and not have went inside the house, wouldn't have been an issue. That little punk.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of things
2: well,
1: that it go sideways. Li- it, play- it can play out, I think, very different ways <laughs> depending on what you, yeah, what you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And I, I before we like kind of like get to like the action of the heist, there's this talk amongst the group kind of ahead of time of, like, that dip- that dictates what happens with the rest of the your relationships with the rest of the people, most notably Finn and Cassidy. This idea of, like, are you going along with the heist? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? I, from the get-go, and I maintain this with every decision, was like, this is a bad idea. We shouldn't do this. They have lots of guns. What are you even thinking? We shouldn't do this. I don't care if we're going to try to use Daniel's powers. We're- this is bad. No. No. Yeah.
1: yeah same. I'm with you. I think so, I think we may be all aligned on this
2: one. Yeah, like, no, this is a terrible idea. Uh, just to clarify, I was talking about when you're trying to get paid, and you're and you tell Daniel just like stay here, stay put. Oh, and oh, while you're oh, getting yes, paid, yes, yes. Daniel goes in, he snoops around, gets caught, we get right. fired, and so that's Finn uses true, that, and true. he's like, hey, you know, he has a lot of money. You guys could get enough money and be out of here. Right. Yeah.
1: Going back to like how sometimes in these games you don't get the dialogue quite that you want, I really wish there had been something a little more explicit with Daniel where you and Sean were like, Hey, they are like on the last, like, we're on our last thread here. They are yeah. about to get rid of us. can like you need to stay here because it's important to us to keep this job and blah 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 blah. But I feel like you're more just like, stay here. Yeah. Bye. And then and I'm like, I feel like Daniel is smart enough at this point. He's seen enough shit. shit go down that if you explained it to him and were like, "This is why it's important that you stay outside. I understand you you may be bored. Mm-hmm. But your
0: boredom comes second to us being able to survive." Right? I feel like yeah. he would no, even get that. Of of course, but I think also as humans, we are all guilty of making terrible decisions against our own self-interest. Oh, sure. Because sometimes we don't have the wherewithal to see even one or two decisions down the line of like the domino that's going to happen from what we're about to do. And I think that's obviously the case here. Um, But I did think it was interesting how, which way you decided to go with the heist depended whether or not you had this moment with Finn. So when I played episode three, I thought that this romantic moment with Finn came completely out of nowhere. I was like, at no point was I ever flirting with Finn. Was there any kind of romantic interest? And I thought maybe it's just because I didn't make certain decisions along the way. Did you guys get options that were making you lean towards having any kind of flirtation or feelings for Finn?
2: The only option I saw, and this was because I was watching someone else's Let's Play, was when you decide to stick around and not go to the tent with daniel you're hanging, hanging around the campfire and you're having a conversation about maybe past flings or whatnot and at that point you can have sean say i'm more into girls i think some boys are cute or something like that but that was the only conversation i've saw other mm. than that i was with Cass, but i never saw yeah. anything with finn uh, yeah, I, yeah.
1: Didn't either, I didn't even realize there was even an option until i saw at the end of the episode
0: and it was like you kissed finn you didn't yeah. kiss finn and i was like huh you <laughs> didn't know that was even an option. Yeah, same. But it's okay, though, because I actually really liked the moment that Cassidy and Sean had. So. Oh, totally, yeah. So did you get a tattoo? Did you pick the tattoo? Or did she pick the tattoo?
2: I picked it. Got this. a tattoo.
0: It's a wolf. Yeah, yeah, same. I got the wolf, too. Yeah. The, We're all pretty basic.
2: The sex scene with Cass is also really funny, too. Oh,
0: yes. yeah, that midnight swim. Whoop, whoop. But here's what I think is hilarious. I'm like... You can have. I mean, I don't think they're using.
1: Maybe they did. I don't remember if they talked about using. He had that condom in his bed from the last episode. But yeah, so like sexy naked. I'm freezing to death. Swim. (laughs) I feel like I wouldn't be in the mood after that, but maybe I would. I don't know.
0: Have Uh, you never gone skinny dipping?
1: Once and it was really cold and like it's not fun. I don't. (laughs) You
2: don't like walk out like it's a hot tub, right? You're not like oh my god, I feel so loose and
1: warm. Exactly, you're like. (laughs) I am shaking because I'm so cold. What a I great like excuse to get I will... very
0: close to somebody. That person better be a fire. Like, <laughs> if it's otherwise
1: it's not going to work because you are chilled oh. to the bone. Anyway. Hug. No, it's really yeah. cute.
2: And then when you're done, he's like, I'm sorry that I'm sucks. sorry.
1: Yeah. But I was more like, there's no way There's no universe in which I'm having sex in this tent. Oh, when everyone is right there. Like um, all of oh, them. Oh, so you didn't hook up. No, we did. Okay. But I'm, I'm saying for me. Oh. Me, oh. real life. For Sean, whatever. Sean, go ahead. Try. <laughs>
3: <Good> <laughs> Again,
1: get get your knocks where you can get them because yep. you're not going to get them later. Uh, but for, if for me, in real life, I'd be like, absolutely not. We are not doing this when I know
0: everyone can hear me.
2: Oh. Uh, well. You know, maybe different strokes for screen. different folks, I guess.
0: <laughs> Brittany and I are like, we would we would do it. Yeah. We'd I mean go from the camping with all of you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll only go glamping. We'll each have our own room. Great. It'll be fine. Nice. Um okay, so we had this nice moment and we kind of like it was nice to see Sean like be able to take a step back and be like, hey, like, have a moment of connection with somebody because he's clearly had so much stress put on him, kind of thrust on him unexpectedly after, you know, the death of his father and everything that's happening with Daniel. But then, you know, you kind of come out of this like dreamy eyed moment to find out that, oh, shit, Daniel mm-hmm. is now off with Finn and they're going to go through with the heist, even though you very clearly were like, no. Yep. And then you've got to go. Because I'm try helping. To stop it. So you get into Merrill's, They break into Meryl's house. Um, and then you kind of meet up with them. And then this is when it all goes all goes bad. So, did, did you, you take the gun or not take the gun? No, that wasn't even an option.
2: Yeah, it wasn't an option for me either.
0: Because, they're like, for
1: Big Joe stuff, so, because you have to get a car to go chase after mm-hmm. them. I assume none of you alerted Big or like. Got oh yeah, here's by Big the option. No, I you still sabotaged
2: Without alerting him, twenty six percent. You woke up, Big Joe. and He went after you, fourteen percent. You sabotage his vehicle so he wouldn't come after you. Was yeah, to I sabotage. don't know how you could
1: possibly have taken a vehicle without alerting him because they forced me to break a window.
2: Yeah, I thought that was kind of loud. <laughs> Why are you yeah, and that?
1: that was what... So I had obviously... I made sure that, like, the other cars, the tire was slashed and the engine was broken. But then I was like, the only way that I can think to get into this car because I've looked everywhere and tried to find a quiet way is breaking this window. So I'm like, I'm curious as to what the... Without alerting him at all is because the minute you break the window, he's alert.
0: Maybe it has something to do with how your conversations with Big Joe go in the beginning of the episode. Oh, I Maybe. didn't
2: alert him, Maybe. but I sabotaged the car. Is that what you did, too?
0: No, I sabotaged it. She said she broke in, but didn't alert him. Uh, no, no, no. I'm saying that the fact that it's possible was
1: confusing to me. Oh, I got oh, it. To okay. steal the car. I sabotaged yeah. the car, his car, so he could not chase after us. But he did get alerted when I took the other car because I had to smash the window to get into that car. So I was oh. saying to, to not alert him at all seems impossible. I think you can climb in the window.
2: back of the truck and open the back window and you can get in. And, you unlock it that way. And,
1: there you go. Okay. There you go. That would be smarter. I, <laughs>
0: it's okay. I Next see. time. Um, so we get to the end of the episode where the action's kind of at its peak. And now, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you have this big decision to make about Daniel and using his power because it's going to dictate what happens at the end of the episode. What did you do?
2: I'm trying to re- I think I was like, yo, dog, just go along with it. But then I think if you do that, Meryl ultimately shoots him anyway. And then he lashes out. But I didn't instruct him. Don't I can't remember. I that. did not instruct
1: him to do anything, even when <coughs> it looked like he had, he had a gun on Finn. Part of me was like, dear Daniel, life choices have consequences. Sometimes they're mortal. Um, and I wasn't I didn't I wasn't. Totally sure. I was like, he probably not gonna maybe he's gonna like knock him with the back of the gun and like knock him out it was kind of how I thought he mm-hmm. might do it. Uh but no, he's just point blank with the shotgun. Ow. Um so Finn's definitely dead in my playthrough. Oh, wow. And uh then Daniel like freaks out, obviously. So which, only
2: you know two percent of people got Finn was shot dead and Daniel lashed out at Sean. Is that well? What you I did. That was wow. me. I was one of those two percent. Did Daniel lash out at Sean?
1: yes oh wow he was he was well yeah he basically was like this is all your fault and uh, it's because you're with her and she's blood she's poison and so he just like super scions you and then um you're knocked out cassidy's knocked out and injured. lovely uh and finn is dead and meryl's also uh ko'd he's not dead but he's out for the count
0: <laughs> yeah in my playthrough everybody was down for the count, but nobody was dead same mm. everybody was yeah, injured no, but nobody finn was dead, dead. Um, so that kind of leads us to the end like, this was probably the biggest cliffhanger of all of the episodes. Um, this idea that you kind of leave with this shot of, of Sean with this like glass in his eye and you don't know what's going to happen with Daniel. And then we wake up in episode four, Faith. Oh so you wake up as Sean in the hospital. You don't know how you got there. You don't know where Daniel is. You don't know where Finn or Cassidy are. You're basically like, I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, And you have this really nice. Is this like a physician's assistant? Is this a nurse? He's a nurse. Um, Mm -hmm. and so he's helping you. His name is Joey, right? Yes, 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 that's Joey. Um, and he seems like a cool dude. That's like, yeah, he was nice on your side, but also like, dude, don't get me in trouble. This is my job. I need my job. (laughs) Please don't do this to me. So, uh, we you, but we also meet Agent Flores, who is this officer who is following you, trying to get you to admit that you did something wrong and be like, do not like her. Yeah, dislike button. Yeah, I thought
2: thought you said, dude, I like her. And I was like, oh,
0: do not (laughs) do not do not like her. (laughs) Um, so how did you put play your relationship with Joey Britt?
2: I was cool. He liked me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was a good kid hospitalized, missing an eye. Uh, when it came down to having to escape, I didn't turn on him like some people did. I chose not to go that route. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I like how he brings you your sketchbook. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, at first, I thought he was going to help us escape. I was like, oh, are you really I thought so this? too.
0: But I'm glad that he was like, yo, dog, you're a fugitive and this is my job and I don't know you. You mm-hmm. seem cool, but I can't help you. But I do want to take a quick aside to talk about the sketchbook. I'm, brought, I'm glad you brought that up. So this is kind of like the um, alternate to Max's taking Polaroids in The First Life is Strange. So now you have the sketchbook. Did it take anybody else like a a crazy amount of time to learn how to do the sketch mechanic? No. I felt like I kept drawing and I I didn't realize you could go back up and take Uh, more detail. Oh, And so I I kept drawing. I'm like, why does drawing suck so bad? I'm (laughs) I'm terrible at this. I should just stop. (laughs) Just stop.
1: I I did not have that issue. (laughs) Well, What What did irritate me though was I feel like I wish they would have recorded more via lines for him. Because he says the same thing every time when you're like going, oh, maybe I can get more. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, stop. Just maybe let it be quiet time when I'm sketching. (laughs) No one needs to say anything. Maybe the first couple times you do it or even like the first sketch of each episode and then turn it off. Do not talk to me again about the sketches. Well, some
2: people, Simon, didn't know how to do the sketch mechanic and they needed the guidance. (laughs)
1: <laughs> again so i said you can do it on the first one of every episode because these episodes were very far apart so i totally understand forgetting and being like wait when i how do i do this <laughs> yeah
0: i also just felt like that sketch mechanic didn't really add that much world building to the overall narrative and i just kind of found it a I waste of it was time interesting only because you know he's still practicing it. it's right. like it's
1: one constant um, the thing that he can keep with him as normalcy from his previous life mm-hmm. throughout his life on the run. And then after this episode, it it's a thing that he has to relearn how to do because his eye is gone. And therefore all of his perspectives are off. And like, will he ever actually be able to draw the same way he was before? And this is yet another thing that's sort of taken away from him. And that's how I felt about yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, I was in the minority. That's fine. Um. So did you tell Asian Flores that the robbery was Finn's idea yes, or your because idea? It was. Yes. Fuck Finn. Yeah. I, same. I was like, I very much was angry at Finn. I was like, this is one hundred percent his fault. I didn't felt any allegiance to him, excuse me to him whatsoever. No. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So how did you escape the hospital? Did you hurt? The, did, I you hurt hurt did you hurt Joey? Did you hurt the guard? Did you not hurt anybody? I hurt no one.
2: I almost hurt the guard, but then I, I if I would have made yeah, one more decision. I attacked decision, the guard.
0: You did? Yeah, I attacked him. I <laughs> thought, oh, he felt anything. bad. Didn't try to, didn't want to, but then I like screwed up one of the hiding things in the bathroom and then he caught me and I was just like, well, hiding. Here we yeah, go. No, so
1: I, it took me a while. I was like, how do i get into the bathroom i don't know why it took me so long to figure out how to get into the bathroom because it was dark in there and i got turned around i closed the curtain i don't know i was and then eventually i was lost i was lost in a (laughs) 10 foot hospital room (laughs) couldn't figure it out uh but no because like you can kind of get the the door a little open but then he's like you know I i need more force i'm like okay we need force let's go get some force uh i did try to i brought joey in and he was like yo i can't help you and i was like fair enough go about your business um and then when I got was able to get the pull bar off, the guard said something. He was like, What are you doing in there? But I just closed the curtain
0: again and then like that was it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> went around. He never came in or said anything. Um, and then I just jimmied the window open, went out along the edge to the scaffolding and
0: walked down. So on the scaffolding is where if Finn had been alive in your playthrough, you would pass another hospital room and see Finn in a bed. Instead it was Meryl. Oh, you uh, saw Meryl. Interesting. I saw Meryl. So I saw Finn. And I was like, fuck that guy. I'm not talking to him. I'm not trying to help him escape. I'm leaving him right where he is and getting the hell out of here.
2: Same. I didn't want him to see me. I don't want anyone to see me. What if, you know, Flores went and talked to him? He's like, oh, I saw that kid last night. Can't be trusted. Fuck Finn. Right. Hashtag um exactly.
0: Um. So we get down uh, to the parking lot and you steal a car and then you head out to the desert and then you um, kind of take a break. You fall asleep and then your car gets surrounded by two... Very not nice gentlemen who are like, what the heck are you doing I would have out just here? Just call them hicks. I mean, they are hicks. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're rude. They're not nice, and then they, you know, they essentially bully Sean out in yes. the middle of nowhere. Um, how did you guys feel about this altercation? Hated. Uncomfortable. I hated, very
2: uncomfortable. It. I hated
0: I mean, every minute of it. Yeah. yeah and I can't imagine
1: it... living through something like it, even though I know it happens all the time.
2: Yeah. And this is one of those most uncomfortable moments that I wanted to talk about during our What's Good Game Awards because it it sucked and as badly as I wanted to fight back and punch and do all that stuff, I just thought, you know don't don't get a more of a reaction if you can try to help it and just sing the damn song and remember what's at stake here and that's what I did. But it was really hard to do that.
1: I didn't. Ha- I was not asked to sing a song. Mm. Um, I was. I but I also very similarly played it very cool did everything else that they told me to do I didn't fight for the toy I was like these people I don't know if they have a gun I don't know if they have called anybody if there are more people coming I know nothing I also know that I have an eye that is very injured so even Mm -hmm. if I try to throw a punch here what good is it going to do me um I probably will miss and even if I don't miss I take one out and the other tackles me so like there's no winning in this situation right from you know when you're trying to assess all of the possibilities and so they basically asked me to say several Spanish phrases, and I did. I actually, you know, I translated. It was like really uncomfortable, and it was like, you know, how do you say this isn't my country, and how do you say something else? And like, you could say something wrong in Spanish, but I was like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna play with you.
0: Great. Yeah,
1: I'll tell you what you want to hear, in the hopes that you let me go. It's essentially like playing dead. Yeah, as an animal, kind of. You're like, oh. all right, I just, I'm here.
0: I'm not that I got exciting. No fight. I
1: got no fight in me if I have no fight in me, maybe you'll leave me alone. And that's kind of how it worked. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I had like a minor altercation with them. So I ended up singing the song, but I came out of it with the car and with, and, and okay. Kind of like, um, it was like uh, this Spanish song that I am not familiar with. Same. Just yeah. full stop. Don't know what this song is. Okay. Um, I was curious. Cause I, yeah, I, I didn't have it. I can play it for you afterwards. Okay. to see if you, if you recognize it. So, Um, so now you're kind of like up Schitt's Creek, your car won't start, you're like, well, I better get to walk in, and then you kind of have this moment of, um, you know, you're like seeing things in the desert, and so you stop to take a little rest underneath the billboard, and then a trucker comes along. Yeah. I couldn't get into that truck fast enough. Same. Same. I was like, I "I don't care, I'm getting in. (laughs) (laughs) I literally was just like...
1: You know what? This could be a bad idea, but I also will die out here in the desert if yeah. I don't get out of it. So we're just going to hope to God this is a nice trucker man and not a creepy trucker man. And he gave
2: you a sandwich.
1: And he was a nice trucker man. I'm glad. I do like that they <clears throat> sort of turn stereotypes on their heads like that. Because um, usually it's like trucker, danger, mm-hmm. uh, Danger Will Robinson. And instead it was like, no, no, I'm going to give you a sandwich and some water and you can take a nap while I drive you to where you need to go. Perfect. Fantastic. There was a split second of me though, where I was like, I should just walk because I I was scared more of just having anybody having seen me. Um, but then that's also why I was like, I would not walk this close to the road. I would be walking further into the desert. Uh, just because I, you don't want mm. people like, hmm, who's this kid hitchhiking? Oh, he's missing an eye. Oh, wait, I think I remember a report about because mm-hmm. now you are so identifiable. Yeah, I- identifiable. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> good
2: job, baby girl. That I Bleh. just
1: felt like you would
2: need to
0: stay <laughs> so much further away from other human beings as possible. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, I was just thinking about like you. I was just thinking about survival. So we get. Uh, From our trucker ride or from your walk into the town of Haven Point, right? And so this is where we decide... What? No? Is that right? Oh, no,
2: no. I'm just shaking my... I hate that place. Your head out what what
0: happens at Haven Point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we get to this town and this is kind of where you get to reconcile with Karen. uh, Where you get to meet her. And I can't remember exactly like how they meet it's, so so jacob,
2: oh, oh, okay. in your sketchbook jacob writes in there you know daniel is here because it's jacob's old like cult family thing
0: oh yes yeah. so, so jacob of course as a reminder is one of the guys that was at the tree farm right
2: so you get inside at first they welcome you with open arms of course and they're using farm. daniel as Pot their farm, little yes. miracle worker right and you are like daniel yo it's me like let's get the hell out of here but lisbeth has obviously manipulated the shit out of this kid and Daniel's like, no, this is my family now. And then Sean gets thrown out of the church. And he's, like, trying to fight back. Karen's like, nah, come with me. We'll work this out. And then he's like, Well, mom. And then that's it. Oh. Just like that. Yeah. Yes. Because, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: She's a surprise entrance after getting kicked out. Because they were like, oh, crap. The brother what?
0: the brother came back. What do you guys think about Karen when you meet her? Uh. I mean, I was unsure <laughs> of her, but at yeah. the same time, at this point, you
1: kind of can't turn away help.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Still pissed. Still like, because you don't know anything about her, right? Except for what Daniel or what Sean has narrated. Um, but I was like, yeah, you're an adult. You probably have money of some amount. Maybe you
0: can help. This is your kid too. Yeah. She
2: didn't, she didn't disappoint.
0: It's interesting seeing the dynamic between Sean and Karen because he was old enough to remember life with her and to remember, like, what it was like to have both parents in the house and to remember her leaving and really not getting any answers as to, like, why she left. And he's an adult now, almost, and so he's very much like, I'm mad at you. You just completely ran away from your responsibilities and from us and from taking care of us. And so it was hard for me to pick that I wanted to open up care open up to Karen during those conversations, but the way that I kind of looked at it was you don't know if you're ever going to see your mom again after this. You don't know what's going to happen with your brother. Like this is like your family. It's your one opportunity to say, Hey, like I can either just hold a grudge and be mad at you or I can like take this time to be like, what the fuck? Like let's talk.
1: Yeah. I think it's always healthy to open up versus clamming up. Uh, and also, even if all that's doing is giving you a little bit of sense of closure and you're Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I've decided based on these conversations, I will go on hating you and like whatever, forever and ever. Like you said, you don't know if you're going to see her again. So I mean, if this happened in real life, I do think, yes, talk to the person that you are estranged with because then you can at least make a more informed decision.
2: Right. You will not have the what ifs. What I appreciated about her, too, is she was very open and honest. You can tell she wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything. She was like, I loved you guys, but I needed my sense of freedom. And while that's bullshit, you know, if you have two children and you're just like, I'm going to peace out one day and leave all of you in the dust. Fucked up. But at least, you know, she's not trying to make it up. She's just telling him this is what it was. Which True. gives Sean the ability to just accept it and, like you said, make peace or continue to hold that grudge. And she was a fascinating character.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that I, I liked how we got to know her even better in, in episode five. But I think, you know, when you kind of m- first meet her here, the sense that I got was they were trying to convey her overwhelming urge to protect and care for her children, knowing full well that their father was gone and like that they didn't have anybody. And she had to put her own selfish you know desires aside to be like, hey, like they don- they're alone. They need somebody to help them. And so I was glad that, you know, they kind of took that angle with her, even though I was kind of going into this episode pretty upset. I was being like, you can't just like walk away from your kids. Like you're like a deadbeat mom, Mm -hmm. which in and of itself, I think was a a smart narrative move to say, hey, we're going to turn another kind of trope on its head, this idea that dads walk away and that there's a lot of deadbeat dads to say like, oh no, like women can walk away from their kids too. Like it's not just one gender or another. Yep. So don't nod just – hitting on all cylinders Mm -hmm. in this uh in this season so um did you guys take karen's help did you uh or did you refuse her help i Uh, took any help i could get
2: yeah yeah i mean when i think this stat we're looking at this document is when you need to clean your eyeballs right and she's like can i do that can i do a motherly thing for you you can be like i was like sure why not this might be one of the last motherly
1: things you do in your life so sure same i accept knock yourself out also, I don't, don't want to
2: do it. <laughs> and now, Gross. Though. I, Ugh, do I, I have like a hard I do enough it. time taking out my contacts. I can't even imagine.
1: I feel like the eye injury was, like, the worst. I'm so glad they didn't go super graphic with it because I was like, oh, please don't show me. Oh, I don't want to see it. Like, like, please, like, no. like, Like a hollow socket. Like I don't want to see that. Yeah. Gross. If that happened
0: to me, I would be very upset. Um. So I do want to just keep this moving along. So I'm going to kind of, like... Fast forward to mm-hmm. the end of the episode when things kind of sure. come to a head. So you have this moment with Karen. You have some good conversation. She's like, hey, let's go get your brother. Let's, you know, kind of like uh, break him out of this church prison that he's in. So you go back to the church and then you have this series of events where you have to like sneak in around this guy. Nicholas, I believe his name is. That guy's crazy. Who's kind mm-hmm. of like her lackey or whatever. And then. Yeah. You have to get to Daniel and try to convince him, hey, like, we're here to help you. Your mom is here. I'm here. Please come with us. And then you get into this power struggle with this woman, Elizabeth, who is, like, the head of this flock, who is very much a crazy um, religious fanatic. And then you kind of have this moment of conflict at the end with Daniel. Like, does Daniel um, hurt Elizabeth or hurt Nicholas? uh, Do you? Does she get shot? Does the church light on fire kind of? Where were you guys at at the end of your episode? Does the church not catch fire in some of them? I think uh, it always
2: catches fire.
0: I think it always catches fire because it's, okay. it's
1: the initial when you're in there and Daniel's like, yeah, blur and then he goes <laughs> he does a little poof and then like the poof? candles, <laughs> the candles fall over and then she tries to blame it on you, which is bullshit. And Elizabeth is like, this is your fault. I'm like, uh, it's because you didn't train Daniel well enough and he oopsied and knocked the candles over (laughs) um this whole scene was really difficult for me on a couple of levels one unfortunately there was a bit of a bug and like sean had a walkie-talkie embedded in his hand the entire time (laughs) like vertically through it oh no and so that part i was like damn it this is like a really emotionally impactful scene i wish this wasn't happening um but that aside the so Basically, you kind of keep getting knocked down and you keep mm-hmm. getting up. Uh, and your mom is sort of there encouraging you, but in a way, I'm like, you're just watching your kid get the shit beat out of him. And That feels a little bit weird to me. It feels like she should have taken a punch maybe at some point, or or helped him more. Rocky Balboa, so, I don't know, like clean I, the. Spy. I think
2: the whole <laughs> act was symbol symbolic. Maybe I think maybe that's why. I mean, I agree with you. It's like you want to step in, but I think if she were getting punched, would Daniel care? You know like I don't
1: know but at least he would see that like hey this family is sticking together and she took a punch for Sean instead and like Daniel's mm-hmm. still over there with these two people who are physically hurting his actual family okay. and he's not doing anything about it. Um, right. I don't know. I think it would have worked so I'm saying.
2: Well, maybe. <laughs> she didn't need to take all the punches and Listen, just said, Karen means one. nothing at this point. She's just some blonde lady, right? But, uh, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. But I even think Daniel at that point, would even if she was nobody, doesn't like seeing people get hurt in general. So watching yeah. someone like the fact that these these people who are supposedly nice and kind are doing these things to hurt other people, especially people, as far as Daniel knows, are completely innocent and have done nothing. Yeah. Are just bystanders. I think that would have been even more powerful personally.
0: Um. Yeah. I came out of the episode with everybody you know not hurt i convinced daniel to not hurt her and to like walk away and um you know we all kind of made a great yeah, escape yeah we all walked away um, i too. did give the money to to jacob to help mm-hmm. his sister cuz i was like there's this opportunity to reconnect with him cuz you meet his sister uh sarah lee i think it is yeah yeah um and you discover that she's really sick because this these religious fanatics don't believe in in medicine and so they're like, Oh, we'll pray for her to get better better and they're like, No dog, she's, she's got, got pneumonia. pneumonia. Like yeah. she's literally gonna die of something that's very curable in somebody her age if we can just get her antibiotics. And I think Elizabeth
2: yeah. was taking medication for one of her ailments. It was just like you yeah. yeah yeah
0: well, you would
1: discover that if you poke around her house when you sneak in there you'll discover yeah. that there's so a lot of hypocrisy there.
2: Of course sixty one percent of people shared money with Jacob, but thirty nine percent kept it for themselves
0: greedy okay, bastard I kept
2: it but here's oh no <laughs> Stimer here's
1: why because I think the point at the point of the episode and when you can give that to him I wasn't clear on like where you we were like where yeah. me and Daniel were mm. financially or anything and I I was like well I wish that it would have happened later like as you were leaving I probably been like sure you can <clears throat> or whatever take it yeah but it happens kind of before you go into the heist or not Well, I'm gonna call it a heist uh, before you go to get Daniel back and I was like
0: I don't know, man. First of all, you brought him here <laughs> to this crazy cult. Yeah, but you needed he needed to bring him somewhere that where they would keep him alive, right? And not get caught. Yes. But also, how did he think he would not get caught there? They're literally advertising him on flyers. Because I think he knew that the flock was so fanatical that they would rather keep him for themselves than turn him in. That part is true, yes. I'm just saying elizabeth is stupid and like eventually the cops yeah, oh, would be like
1: hey wait it's this kid yeah. because we've seen him before she would have yeah. turned yeah. Him and, like into you a can money say making. that you can say his last name is whatever but he fits the bill she was crazy and he came from nowhere and you don't seem to actually have had any children so i, I wish i would have killed him. there she are sucks. no hospital
0: records of this or adoption papers
1: something's a little fishy
0: yeah okay that's that's fair um, I do want to kind of go into the final episode. Mm-hmm. So at the end of this, we walk away. We've got Sean and Daniel back together. They are reunited with Karen. And we see them, excuse me, like the post credit scene, kind of going to New Mexico with Karen to kind of like have a beat with her before moving on to the wall. Yeah, you separates. get to see how
1: she lives <clears throat> or has been living this entire time, which is very interesting Mm -hmm.
0: exactly so begins episode five the final episode called wolves and we open up with the guys um having a little sleepover in the canyon they i was so confused were either of you confused yes when it opens that way because i was like
1: i was was like did karen abandon us again immediately? (laughs) and are we just sleeping outside with like no what
0: is happening Also, i was like it'd be cold it's it cold in the desert at night. Um, but luckily, you quickly discover that you are just outside the camp. And then you get to have this moment where you kind of walk around and you meet these people. You get to meet Arthur and Stanley. You get to meet Joan. Also, is it Joanne or is it Joan? I feel like Daniel calls her Joanne. I, I feel think- like they said Joanne, but they spelled it Joan. <clears throat> yeah. Same. <laughs> to all that. Pardon me for coughing. Um, how dare you? How dare I? Um, okay. So that's neither here nor there. I thought... At this point, quite honestly, I thought a lot of these characters were throwaway characters. I was like, I don't really care to know Arthur and Stanley. I'm we're on our way. I'm like, cool. We're going to have a nice moment with Joanne or Joan, whatever her name is. But the humdinger of the episode, Brittany's talking point says it all.
1: Could I could I tell you how stupid I am first? Yes. So when said character shows up, it took me. I was literally here's here was my first thought wow, they should get some new character models because <laughs> it feels like they reused this one and I'm not into it.
0: Really? That's, that's hilarious. That's what I thought at that's first. Hysterical. That was my first thought.
2: And then I realized it is in fact, Brittany, you want to take it away? Oh, David. So yeah. So Karen comes back with groceries with this character named David who you've only kind of heard hints about if you talk to certain characters and whatnot or sneak around houses. And they're pulling everything out, and you go and you chat with David, and then he's talking about, oh, he's praising you, and I don't know if he does this, if Daniel's a little shit, but he's praising you for doing a good job at raising the kid, and you did so good, trust me, parenting's tougher than combat, and he's talking, talking, I'm like, okay, yeah, blah, 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 and then he mentions something about being called a step douche. And then as soon as he said that, I literally, like, Jason was next to me. I go, what? Oh, my God. And then I saw it, and I looked at his face. I was like, holy shit, that's, like, David David. And I did not see that coming at all.
1: Yeah, I again, I thought I was like, they just made a character that looked exactly like the stepdad. That's so funny. And I just thought it was supposed to be a different person. And then (laughs) once I had that conversation, I was like, oh, it
0: is. (laughs) Which makes much more sense. So if you haven't followed, of course, David is the new husband of Joyce, Chloe's mother in Life is Strange and Life is Strange Before the Storm. And he is the only character from the original Life is Strange that we get to see here in Life is Strange 2. But it's a really nice callback. And depending on which ending you picked at the end of Life is Strange will really dictate how you interact and kind of the Easter eggs that you're going to find. So my playthrough was that I sacrificed Chloe to save Arcadia Bay because I was like, listen, not all of these people should die for one person like greater good i was like bye chloe it's same. been real deuces Britt. what did you pick same yeah same so we However, all picked the same yeah, ending
1: but in the game i don't remember if i didn't select anything or if i failed an import or whatever because the game
0: acted as though i had saved chloe so if you did not save chloe if you were like the three of us and you um, uh, uh told her to you know kind of kick rocks into the into heaven um <laughs> kick rocks into heaven um, That's <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> um you have moments with david where you get to go into his trailer and kind of look at his belongings and they will be very different you'll see a photo of david joyce and chloe on the fridge um you'll see some other things some other knickknacks of his he'll talk about how hard it was and why he got divorced because Joyce and him just couldn't deal with the the death of her daughter and it was really hard and you get to overhear a phone conversation of him talking to Joyce and kind of, you know, having this kind of somber moment. But if you did save Chloe or if you were like Steimer and didn't make a choice, the game auto-chose for you, there's way more Easter eggs about Chloe and Max and you get to see photos of Chloe and Max and there are hints that Chloe and Max are actually living together in New York, and you it's get a, not f- a hit. He says it on the phone. <laughs> if you listen to, the, you phone listen to the phone conversation
1: that David has, he's yeah, he's like, I told you, New York was crazy.
0: <laughs> um, and it was a really nice moment. I watched, I watched both. Why well, the one I played through, <clears throat> you know, she was dead. So I watched the full scene online, <clears throat> and I thought it was a really nice moment. And I actually asked in the interview we're going to play right after this. I asked, uh, you know, Jean Lucan and Michelle I was like. So is do you guys have a canon ending? And they said no, there is no canon ending mm-hmm. for any of the Life is Strange episodes. And I was like, okay, well that's good to know.
2: Yeah, it was really sad because in my playthrough, I also told Chloe to kick rocks into heaven. <laughs> when you get that postcard, <laughs> when you see that letter that, or is it? A, I think it's a postcard actually. That he's trying to write to Joyce, and you can see what he's scratched out. And he, yeah. Oh my god, so he's sad. like love David or from David, or he's like every. It's just oh my god it was just really sad um so what did you ladies think about him making an appearance at all do you think it was like cool do you think it kind of seemed like a cheap way to redeem the character because i know like he wasn't very liked in life is strange right i don't know
1: that he was redeemed necessarily here i but i did i was pleasantly surprised to see that they brought somebody back because again for a minute i was just confused um but once i got over that was like oh no they're just like kind of tying these two stories together. I thought it was nice um, to one, again, reiterate that this is the same universe Mm -hmm. and everything crazy that happened in Arcadia Bay happened. Uh, And then two, again, I don't think he was super redeemable because he basically tells you to turn yourself in.
0: And I was like, Hmm, that's like a bad idea (laughs) yeah he was always like a staunch a staunch supporter of the rules which you know i appreciate i'm a, a serial rule follower myself but i think the idea that was it got confusing for me because i was like so wait how did david get out of arcadia bay i thought the storm took over arcadia bay and then if you listen to how chloe is killed he says that she was murdered by some rich kid at school, which happens in episode two, I believe, of the original Life is Strange. But then, of course, because of Max's rewind ability, you can rewind and then you get through that moment where Chloe is shot in the bathroom or whatever. And so I was like, huh. It was interesting I always, that they decided to go with that. I always thought that that was what was happening. So I always thought, like, <clears throat> Storm is due
1: to you messing with time and space.
3: Right. And then...
1: If once you decide, oh, actually, no, I need to let Chloe go. It's actually that very first decision you ever use it and or make it. And right. that's where time. The timeline oh, is restored. Oh, I guess I never and thought she about dies that way. When she's supposed to die as opposed to you Manipule, yeah. Both manipulating.
2: Yeah. So that it, makes sense to me. It makes sense. Okay. And you see Nathan Prescott's photo in his trailer, too. He kept it. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And well, yeah, because Sean doesn't know anything about it obviously he's like why does he have this photo in here this is creepy and during his phone call with joyce you know he's saying that something about lawyers and they haven't heard any and then news. he's about to
0: get out of prison is yeah what he's, he's uh, like oh that little shit's so about to get out of
1: prison keeping an eye on him, as he would i do like that they they kept him fairly you know true to his character um regardless of which way it goes yeah he he does have contact with chloe and max if they are li- alive and together um but it is kind of awkward still, <laughs> and it's him trying his best. And I feel like Chloe might be receptive only because literally everyone else she knows is dead. Yep. So, yeah. and he's the only person that um, would really have. Well, actually, that's not true. No, it is true. Yeah. Sorry, my brain got confused again with the timeline. <laughs> no, it
2: gets <laughs> really confusing. So yeah. yeah. No, it was- I'm
0: glad. I'm glad they did it, <laughs> yeah. Brett. To like to answer your question, I think it's a really nice callback to you know, Don't Nod's work on Life is Strange to say, hey, don't forget, even though we've told you this is in the same universe and even though, we, you know, the Adventures of Captain Spirit was a thing to kind of tie it together, I think that this really cemented, hey, these storylines intersect. And I thought the way that they handled it was really well done. And, like, it rewarded you for actually, like, exploring and staying and listening because it's very possible that you could have missed all of those Easter eggs if you never went into David's trailer, right? Yeah.
2: No, it was cool <laughs> how he, you know, was so strict, but he's like, here's a police scanner, and I'm going to tell you how to illegally cross <laughs> the border. And I know, Summer, you you said that he encourages you to turn yourself in. I kind of got the impression that he's like, you have a few options. This is like what I'm going to suggest, but you don't have to do this. But either way, I was like, okay, you're breaking the rules, Mr. David, sir.
1: Yeah, he did break them a little bit for mm-hmm. you, which was nice. Yeah. But yeah, to me, he, it felt like he was kind of like, well, you can't run forever. So what are you going to do? You may as well just
2: do something now or do it in 10 years. Yeah. Around. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I can just not come back here. <laughs> That's what I can do. Okay, well, we've got um we've got a little bit more to talk about before we get to the final decision of the game. So um you say your goodbyes to everybody in the camp. Karen sends you on your way. You have the opportunity to have some niceties with her or not. Um and then you set out on the road. And this is kind of where again shit goes sideways is when you get to the wall and you're like, okay, I'm going to have Daniel use his powers to like open up this section of the wall. And this was like almost like painfully slow i was like just get in the car just go, go just go faster just like what are you waiting for like why are you and moving so like, slow he low? doesn't
1: need to be in like he doesn't need to be outside to do the force pull <laughs> yeah. thing like right. be in, the car be, in and the car be ready to be ready to <sighs> gun it the minute that he is actually successful why? and gets it open why are you why are you walking
0: yeah 30 so far feet? away Thank it's like you. you're watching it's like, like watching a horror movie yeah like don't go upstairs go out the door what oh. are you doing It's yeah. so of course like And Um, then they're like,
1: we did it. After he does Daniel successfully, if you're with your coaching, rips a hole in this wall. Um, They have um, like they have a a fucking victory moment. And I was like, no, no, you haven't made it. No, you need to cross the border. Standing Uh, at this edge of the border (laughs) does you no good. Get your ass over the I line. Thought, but of course, I thought
2: I was getting a happy ending. I thought that was going to be it because I thought I had done all of the right things been all oh, the I right knew choices. I knew there was
1: no way that it was. <laughs>
2: and then as they're walking away, I was like 60, 40. I'm getting a good ending. And then you hear the bullet and then that's it. And I was like, yeah, oh.
0: so that was pretty traumatic watching Daniel get shot. This idea also that these vigilantes, these kind of militia that are, you know, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for here? They are kind of self proclaimed the border police when in right. reality they have absolutely no they government are just backing. Private citizens whatsoever. <laughs> like this idea that this that these vigilantes can just shoot a child is it was Welcome wild to, to me that they made that they made this call. And even more wild that the actual border patrol that shows up isn't immediately like you shot a child, like you're going to jail. So like he he bring they have this altercation, he ends up locking them up anyway. Everybody's locked up. Um, Daniel is shot, you don't know where he is, and then Sean has this moment where he meets this couple who got caught border crossing as well in prison. This is another really bold moment I thought where Don't Nod said, Hey, we're just gonna go at this head on and make you be uncomfortable with some of the dialogue and with some of the choices that are gonna happen with this couple. Um so you meet them, their names are like Diego and yeah, I don't remember. I, don't remember I didn't remember write down names. both of their names, but essentially, you they have to figure nice. out. Yeah, you have to figure out, you know, why they got caught, and this, you had this nice conversation with them about Carla, Diego, and Carla. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, did you guys? Was there any doubt in your mind about what you were going to do with the vigilantes and what you were going to do with the couple?
1: My no. I thought was initially, I do nothing with either of you. <laughs>
3: Just leave them where they are. Well,
1: so when every so you are being interrogated uh, by the police or the border patrol, and then you start to hear you know, you get the it's the T Rex trembles that are coming. Yeah, the lights flicker. The lights are flickering things. You're like, uh oh, shit's going down. Daniel's awake. (laughs) (laughs) And so you kind of have that moment. And then as I was, I actually didn't even know you could do any of this because I was so focused on just getting the hell out of Dodge that I didn't stop to take revenge on vigil- vigilantes or let these people out of jail i actually think i looked quickly to see if i could let them out of jail and i couldn't find them and i was just confused and i just wanted to get out so i just left just left everybody i, I was like goodbye. You,
2: you have to let the conversation i think between sean and daniel occur first where, it's sh- where daniel's like hey who are these people and then you get the option
1: oh yeah i didn't have that yeah i was like we go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are going to come after us very swiftly and very aggressively
2: I freed the couple and I just let the vigilantes alone like you guys Same. Just stay in that yeah. cage I want to kill you but I'm not going to
0: yeah I was like you could just stay there for as long as you have to but like yeah I let that couple go um so now you're once again on the run and this time you're trying to make it actually for the border because <sighs> uh, you're relatively close but not close enough because turns out the heat is on so we get to this kind of final moment where you're at the border. But did you ask Daniel to shoot the officers in the no
1: station? Mm-mm. So I did accidentally because I didn't know that was what the option was. I thought it was going to be like, again, like, flick them away. And then so I hit it and it was like. Daniel, kill that. And I was like, whoa, what? I, whoa, shit. I didn't want to do that. And oh, then no. Daniel was, like, but Daniel thankfully was like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, good. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to do that. It <laughs> was just a test. I was just testing yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so <laughs> then I ended up finally like getting something where I knocked something on them because I could, it was, that was a panicky moment where it you're trying like, to, what, what can I throw at them to get them to like go away? um But anyways, yeah. So that was, I, that
0: was, I oopsied. But Daniel was good. good I boy. taught him well before. Good then, job, so I'm Okay um so uh what did you do Brett did you
2: I well I saw the prompt above them and it was like kill and I was like oh no we're not doing that so I also just flung stuff at them and then as they got closer I had the opportunity to throw them in a room and then put a locker in front of it they were just confined in there
0: yeah Okay, so I want to now go to the final. Yes, <laughs> the final showdown. The final showdown. So, like, you're in the car. You're with Daniel. There's offices I love all how around. stupid they are. They're like, we made it. We're going to make it. I was like, in what universe
2: Yeah, are they yeah. not
1: guarding the open border? Right. Either drive back to the hole you blew in the wall and hope that they didn't put anybody there. Or you're going to have to make a new hole in, in the
2: wall. Mm-hmm. But those are your
1: only two options. You're going for the actual... <coughs> actual border i don't know what you're thinking
0: no yeah i agree i thought that it was i think they clearly were just like yolo full-on panicking right and so they get there and like there's just so many officers i'm like i don't know how this is going to end well so at that point though i was like you know what we just got to go for it we've made it this far we're not surrendering now and so i pressured daniel to just like we're going we're doing it Hoping that he would just, again, fling them aside and not actually, like, go Terminator on them. Yeah. So did he... What happened? So in my playthrough, um, Daniel was reluctant, but did kind of go after a couple of officers. And we gunned it for the border. And um, at the very last minute he opens the doors and like tucks and rolls out of the car as I'm driving across the border. And I'm like, no. Yeah. That's
1: pretty much exactly what happened in mine too. Um, and it was, I don't remember. Was it, I don't remember where at, in the prior episode. It was the
0: conversation with David, I think, where he says, hey, you know, nothing's going to happen to Daniel. because yeah. He's a kid. They're yes. never going to send him to jail.
1: Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. when I was like, OK, so I'm the only one getting hosed here. Right. Daniel's going to be fine regardless of how this goes down. If I'm surrendering, I'm just spending most of my life in jail. That doesn't seem like a great option um it's not spoilers so that's why yeah I was like we're gonna Bonnie and Clyde we're just gonna go for it or wait a minute Thelma and Louise this is the cliff but like uh, we're just gunning it we're gonna see what happens and he was also reluctant in mine but he I was like you're shooting at us maybe do something he was like okay uh and then he hopped out too but which to me after like kind of seeing
2: some of the other options that can
1: happen I feel is the best one. Yeah.
2: So that's the parting ways ending. And I, (laughs) I did the redemption ending. So this is when you're, you know, Daniel's asking Sean, how does the story end? And then Sean responds and says, I think it ends here. He surrenders. He gets out of the car and he gives him this big old long speech. I don't know if he does that also in the other endings about, don't forget your ideas. How much I love you. I'm so proud of you. Don't forget who you are. Blah, blah, blah. There's no
1: time for a speech. Oh, No, no, no speech. Yeah. You get a
2: speech. And he stands out, they arrest him, they, like, share one long look as he's going away in the police car, and then that's when it ends. And then, you know, you get the same sort of montage of Daniel growing up. You know, he gets a job at a barista, he's all graduating high school, he gets a car, he moves out on his own, and then 15 years pass, and, because Sean gets convicted for 15 years... And Which is
1: actually kind of low considering low. everything that they've racked up
3: over
2: It's just like five episodes. I have issues with this too, but we can talk about it in a bit. Uh, and then he leaves. And if you wrote a nice note to Karen, sorry, he, he's done with his prison sentence. He walks out of prison. Karen's there. Um, Daniel is there. This is the ending where Daniel's the oldest. I think he's 23 in this ending. And the other ones, he's 16, 17. And he walks out. They give him a big hug. Of course, Sean, like, it looks kind of like. Joel from The Last of Us he has like a big Scruffy beard and like all this crazy hair And Sean and Daniel go To that first Park where they stayed on their Like right after they escaped so they're Camping out underneath that rock and Daniel's telling this really animated story To Sean you can tell he's just trying to catch him up on Stuff and bumping around and stuff and Sean just starts breaking down just Starts crying Daniel wraps his Arm around him and is comforting him and by This point I'm just like oh my god and then the next morning, they get in a the car, they hug, they wave, and they drive their separate ways. And then that's the end.
0: It's crazy how many different ways this ending can go, and how the one that I got, I'm definitely the happy with, happiest with. Even though the blood brothers ending, I feel like I, I could have liked too, was where yeah. they both make it to to Mexico, which is the original plan, and they have like the Diaz auto repair shop mm-hmm. or whatever. But I like the idea that Daniel gets to have a normal life that he gets to grow up with his grandparents and even though he's clearly like under house arrest because he's got this ankle bracelet on, that he still gets to like, you know, be in America and experience you know, the American way of life and that eventually, you know, he'll, you know, not be under house arrest and that he'll be a free and clear citizen. But I think that there's wow. so much more that you could potentially dig into there. Cause it's like, what does it mean in America to be convicted of a crime, whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony and have to like have that on your record and everywhere you go, every job you apply for, it's like a, like a scarlet letter and like this idea that what does redemption truly mean? Like what kind of atonement is enough you know, like what is time served? Like, you know, see, I, don't, I don't, like
1: that. He also has to deal with still like the, the racism element of it. Yes. So those two things coupled will make life very hard for him in America. I'm not saying he couldn't, you know, overcome it. Of course, he could. But uh, I mean, but yeah, he also do, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where it's like it'll go one of two ways for Daniel. We don't we don't ever really get to see that far in advance.
2: Yeah. But- I don't, see, I don't think baby boys ever getting off. I think he's being monitored by the government because everyone saw what he did with those cars. So right. I can't ever imagine a world where they'd be like, "Okay, you have supernatural powers and we're just going to let you wander around," right? And so yeah. that would be my <laughs> ideal ideal ending, but then why thinking, not? <laughs> if they if they're watching him, is he even ever allowed to leave and go visit Sean? Can they have mm-hmm. that reunion or is he prevented from doing that because of his tracking bracelet? You know, so it's, there's just no fucking happy ending in any of this and it's just so sad but i think the issue i had with the redemption ending is you know if you go back to the first episode you remember that teaser trailer that life is strange released before that first episode ever came out and you see the events unfold from the officer's dash cam and if you watch that video you can tell clearly tell that like things have been like blown apart you see you hear daniel scream and the things get blown away and it's I think it's kind of obvious that Sean did not kill that police officer. Granted, he did do a lot of other things that he needs to spend time for, probably. But it's just that idea of, is this realistic? I don't know. Obviously not. Like, no one has superpowers like that. But it would have been nice if there had been a universe maybe where someone says, let's look at the footage. We reviewed the footage. Or maybe there's no footage to review. It's not really touched on. At least I didn't hear anything. So
0: No, I mean, that's a fair point. I I guess I'm just so jaded about where a lot of the um, police investigations are, particularly when it comes to prosecuting crimes from men of color and, like, the fairness that they're actually going to get, even though they are kids, right? But Sean's, like, a teenager. and, And Daniel, I think, was always going to be in a fine position because he was so young when the incident happened that there's a lot of protections in place for kids like that. And obviously, like, it wasn't his fault. It just kind of, it just happened, you know? But, like, manslaughter is a crime for a reason. Like, sometimes you don't intend to murder somebody. But, like, sometimes accidents happen and people die. And, like, there needs to be some kind of atonement for that, right? And so it's it's a tough thing to to kind of ponder to be, like, what would have happened if they hadn't run? Like, what would the charges, mm-hmm. final charges have been? You know, would they have been able to get a lawyer to kind of, like, get the judge to, like, talk down what their sentence would have been? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yes. Once you the- move forward past that,
1: it's like, it's hard to go back. Mm. Right. Cause then the minute it, it which right. is shitty, it's like such a terrible center to be like, well, why'd you run? You're like, I ran cause I'm 16 and scared. And like, I just saw my dad get shot. And then my brother did something weird that I can't explain. So yeah, I left. Like, I don't know what you want. You want me to sit on the curb and like wait <laughs> for more people to come pick me uh, up? I don't know. know. Don't know what you want from me. What yeah. do you
2: want from me? The other ending, the Lone Wolf one, is really sad. This is where you try to cross the border. Well, you know, no, you don't want to cross the border. Sean's like, no, nah, this isn't us. We're going to give ourselves up. Daniel's like, no, I'm going to make us go. And so he takes control of the car with his powers, drives it across the border, you're getting shot at. And then by the time you cross the border, you, Daniel's like, oh, my God, we did it. And Sean is just bleeding from the neck, and then he dies. Terrible. Wow. Terrible. And then he wow. goes to Mexico. <laughs> and what did you have to teach Daniel <laughs> For that Probably had to kill the cougar, like keep playing with the scorpion. Hey, I killed the cougar and he was still a regular human being. <laughs> you were being. good. No, you, you did good. You redeemed yourself. It's okay. But no, I thought I did. that was depressing too.
0: Yeah. I mean, like there's no doubt that, you know, Dontnod knows how to do depressing. I mean, we all remember some of the terrible things that could happen in the first game. Um, but I think what I liked about what they did differently this time around with the mechanics because I know before the first episode came out, a lot of people were like, well, there's no like super mechanic like with the rewind. But I really was happy with how they kind of played out Daniel's supernatural ability, even though it were, kind of was left unexplained of what where it came from the whole time. But I did like is this mechanic, this education. Mechanic where they had very specific events that happened in each episode that went to this idea of this brothership that they have and how Sean is supposed to be teaching Daniel like how to be a a good person and how to be an upstanding citizen like the right and wrong that normally would fall on a parent to teach their child and how they wove that into already the overarching narratives that get tied to your decisions and I thought that that was a really nice elevation of the mechanic that we've seen so far in kind of narrative adventure games. Yeah. But depressing. any final thoughts?
2: I'm still I'm, thinking about it after I oh. finished <laughs> yeah. it. I know, right?
1: So much to unpack. I was I was just happy with with my ending because yeah, you get to see um Sean is with Cassidy and like mm-hmm. they're just hanging out in Mexico. I don't know what they're doing, but there, he's alive and free. He's alive um, and free. So and that in. is better than most of these other endings. No, it's sure. way like better. He's dead or in jail. Um, and then he and Daniel still have, I think, like a tiny bit of, he sends a postcard or whatever,
0: sends like a letter. But that's all they can really do for now, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really yeah. interesting um, getting to talk to um, to Don't not Not about, about this episode and about the season, about like where it's going, because obviously I think Life is Strange is a really important franchise, and I think what they've done with it is fantastic. And we've done a lot of work with them here at What's Good Games and hope to continue working with them. But they were pretty tight-lipped about the future. The only thing that they would say is, if you guys want more Life is Strange, make sure that Square Enix knows. So uh, if you guys are listening to this being like, gosh, dang, I need more. Um, tweet to Square Enix, send them a message on Facebook. I don't know. Write them an email if that's possible. <laughs> write them a very nice um, letter like you can write your mom. Exactly. But we do have a fantastic interview following, um, this spoiler cast immediately. So we hope you guys stay around and check that out. I had the opportunity to sit down with the co Creative Director, Michelle Co and the lead writer, Jean-Luc Cano, of Don't Nod, when they were in town for the Game Awards, and it was really nice to chat with him. And um, they have some interesting tidbits that you maybe didn't see coming. So let's go ahead and toss to that interview right now. Enjoy. What's good, everybody? Andrea Renee here with a very special interview. I am with some of the team from Don't Nod talking about life is strange. To please welcome Michelle Co and Jean Luc. Oh, no, I'm going to get a wrong Jean-Luc.
4: No, it's perfect. Jean-Luc... Jean-Luc...
0: (laughs) Canot. Canot. Jean-Luc Canot. Yes. Oh, those French names. They always trip me up. Guys, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
5: Thank you. It's really cool to be here.
0: Heading into episode five, what were some of the things that you guys were really looking forward to seeing fan reactions of?
5: The final episode of of a big journey like this is always the culmination, uh, I think, of everything we try to tell in the story Um, so you're right you you talk that you said that they could stay in a way with Karen and they actually did I think during the the time between episode four and five they stayed like around two months with with her and you still have this time in the beginning of the episode when you can enjoy the last calm before before the storm or something like that Uh, but yes unfortunately they have to still run away because the police is back after them um, I think that for us, this last episode should be where the players see that everything he did over the course of the first, first four episodes, everything he said around Daniel, everything he tried to teach to Daniel will be used and will come back at, at him or will shape Daniel on how he is at the end of this journey. So it's it's a big spoiler that uh, mm. uh, during this episode, Daniel will get more and more independent and choose by himself based on everything you said and you teach, you taught to him before. Uh, so that was our biggest will, I think, for this episode, is just that the players are get the, get this idea and discover a version of Daniel that has been shaped by their decision before in the game.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, because the morality system that you guys wrote into the game was a bit of a departure from what we've seen Previously in Life is Strange, it obviously you had to make decisions in every of the episodes of Life is Strange previously. But this time for, for number two, it was really like woven into the gameplay. So Jean-Luc, can you tell me a little bit about why it was so important to you guys from a narrative perspective to really emphasize those morality choices and how they impact Daniel and Sean's relationship?
4: Mm, you know... Um I think because that the main themes of Life is Strange 2 is education. In the first season of Life is Strange, the main theme was the coming of age, becoming an adult, um, assuming its, deci- its decision. So that's why the, the the last choice of the first Life is Strange was um, a choice that resumed what all the things you have done before. But in Life is Strange 2, the last choice of the game that you have in the, at the end of episode five will depend of your decision, but also about Daniel's reaction and everything you m- shaped in by your decision, by the choices of your dialogue, by your actions. So um, because of the theme of education is the main theme of Life is Strange 2, we thought about that the, the last choice must depend of these two parameters. So during the um, the conception of the game and during the production, we put um, some counters on the decision you are going to make as a player. Some of the decisions are more important than others, but most of it, every decision counts, I think.
5: Yeah, it was was really a question of, um, you know, the first game, it's more some big important choices where you don't exactly know what will happen and you can rewind and test the outcomes and really play with this rewind power which was really linked to, to Max's personality uh, with the fact that she had a lot of issues to go forward and to make a stand to just decide for her life. In Life is Strange 2, we tried to see the choice and cons- consequences system in a quite different way where it would be much a bigger number of smaller choices smaller dialogue lines smaller actions that you can do when daniel is around you and we really wanted the player to think about how we would act um, um, with daniel but not really think about the immediate consequences of a choice it's more about what kind of education am i giving to daniel uh, though there is still some big choices for sean of course because it's still part of of the storytelling and there is moments where Sean is alone or Sean is facing a decision that will impact himself but for Daniel there is tons of smaller choices that impact Daniel over the course of uh, of all the game Um, and you say that you you talk about this morality system Um, I think we use the word morality as as a shortcut uh, for for the name of the system Um, but we try to to never say that there is a morally good or morally bad way to make a decision so it 's more, and I think the idea of the game is more about do you align with the rules of society, or do you make your own own rules for your own benefits and This is the kind of idea where uh, we don 't have a, an answer of which one is better or, or, or worse, and it 's more for the player to decide uh, what he thinks is the right thing to do based on the situation, the characters and and his own beliefs. Mm.
0: It's really fully in effect in episode five because the decisions that you have to make have so much weight, especially when you get towards the very end of the episode, really culminating, you know, this, this sequel, right? This, what's happening with, with Sean and Daniel. And I, it's it's crazy when you look at the way that the decisions kind of domino at the very end of the episode and how intense it gets, especially when you consider the age of these boys, right? Clearly, you know, Sean is the big brother, but Daniel being such a young kid, you know, having tasked with the idea, like, are you going to essentially murder these people at the end of the episode, right? Are you going to like take their lives and for what purpose and for what reasons it's a kind of a crazy thing for me as a player to stop and think about. You almost have to like press the pause button and go like, this is a really intense moment, like what am I going to do? And sometimes I get really anxious in games like this where I have to make those decisions because I'm like, I just want to know what's going to happen both ways. I think what's great about what Life is Strange 2 has done with these decisions is that they mimic real life in the sense that you don't really have a lot of time to think about what you're going to say in a conversation a big decision you have to make. You don't get to press pause when you're talking with someone and go, let me pause and think about what I'm going to do next, right? So for you guys as a as a creative team, how do you decide what are going to be those really big pivotal moments and what are going to be some more intimate, quieter moments in the game? Do you have a process for that? Is that something you guys, you know, have a collaborative thing? Is there somebody who leads those decisions? Jean-Luc, is that you?
5: I wouldn't say there is really a, no. a big process. In fact, like we never say, okay, let's have four or five big moments of choice in an episode. Um, I think it's a bit more organic, looking at what's really the story, the main themes, the story beats, and the character arcs, and finding the good moments to put the player into a really complicated choice, uh, in face of a complicated choice, and also the more just subtle moments where you have smaller choices uh, everywhere in the game.
4: Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, we begin to to work on Life is Strange 2 in December 2015. And with yeah, a long time ago, four <laughs> years, four years. That's Come crazy. On. Yeah. And um, in the very beginning, we imagined the story with Michel and Raoul, the co-game director. And after that, I'm writing the, the first big draft of the script. We talk a lot about it. And after that, we begin the production of the episodes. And when we are, diving into the episode, we sometimes, and a lot of time added all the decision we have already in mind because we thought about it and they are written big big step into this, this episode, but we added a lot of small decision inside the scenes. The fact that Sean can talk about um, you know when Mushroom dies in episode 2 mm-hmm. the fact that Sh- uh, when Daniel is asking Sean will Mushroom be in paradise with dad you have the choice to say yes Mushroom is in heaven and she will be okay with that, or no there is no heaven or there is no hell and this decision uh, this um, dialogue was not in the first draft of the script but when we are watching the world scenes say okay we are going to talk about religion in the grandparents house so let's put one small decision before this to shape Daniel and shape his um, his answer when he's talking to, uh, to Claire.
5: Yeah, and it's even, there is a lot of um, examples like that, right? And even sometimes just for Sean and I think it's more for the player. We we know that we have a scene that uh, we know the big, um, how a scene will work. And sometimes when we just start to tinker and, and write in deeper details the scene, we really think of what also the players would want to answer. Um, I mean, when you create a narrative dialogue, it's more like, really, uh, we don't want to frustrate the player by never giving them the options they would like to, to give. We still have Sean as a character, he still he has his own personality, but we try to somehow open his dialogue options to the more logical choice that the player would answer. Um, I think one example is... Um, um, I think in episode five, when you're in um, in prison and you're talking with uh, Diego and Carla, the Mexican couples, and you have um, Luke and Madison, the vigilantes, in front of you, this was a really tough dialogue to, to create because, of course, we have our, our own opinions about, uh, about the situation, but we also wanted to present um, what's happening to immigrants trying to cross the border and... Those vigilantes who are real were just also sometimes uh, a citizen who wants to help the police in a way uh, by, by um, forbidding immigrants to cross the border. And having this dialogue, we we, we worked a lot on it, a lot of back and forth on this di- dialogue to try to find the good possible different answers from the player. And we also added answers where the player could somehow confront the immigrants also to just to not have only answers that would be okay the vigilantes are bad the mexican couple are good people because it's always a question of not trying to push our own opinion and be always black and white but also find a way for the player to have some variations some possibilities Mm -hmm. to answer in a way that would reflect also his own beliefs
0: well, that's very nice of you to say, but those vigilantes were not great people, in my personal opinion, and I hopefully people agree with me. Anybody that is willing to shoot a small child with an automatic weapon—probably not a good person. But I mean, I understand probably you're trying not. to be—you're trying to be neutral.
4: <laughs> yes, because you know, as creator, our goal by making uh, "Life is Strange," Captain Spirit, and "Life is Strange: True." As Michel said is not to give our opinion. Mm-hmm. What we want to achieve is to put the player in front of situation and make him think about it. sometimes uh, people will change their mind or sometimes they will stick to their own um, beliefs, and that 's fine for us. Our job is only to put them in front of new situations that maybe not have faced before, and yeah, probably yeah change their mind or or stick to their belief and that's with this in mind, that's uh, what Michel said. We try in dialogues to cover every uh, part of the, the answer you can have.
5: Oh yeah, at least to have some gri- some possible grey areas. And for sure, we didn't give the option to um, to say to the vigilantes that yeah, uh, you did the right thing. Um, yeah, no, of course not. But I think that what we did is there was some dialogue options that where you could at least try to try to ask why they do that. That was the idea. We, just, we j- didn't didn't want to just have the dialogue option that would be just confrontational. We wanted also to add options that would at least try to go deeper in the subject and get, in a, in a way, get a bit of their point of view.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's so important when we're tackling these really big issues, right? And this whole season of Life is Strange you know has so many of them and immigration obviously a big one particularly in episode five really on its face you guys just going right at it not only like with the wall just being there right but you know with the Mexican couple and do we free them or do I leave them in prison and do I want to have some kind of relationship with them were that did they do something right or were they doing something wrong But, you know, each episode kind of tackles its own individual issues, which I think is why your community loves this game so much and why, you know, we at What's Good Games love this, love this game so much. And I think what's really cool about it is that it encourages discourse, as you guys were saying, it encourages players to go, how would I handle that if I was in Sean's shoes, if I was in Daniel's shoes? Like, would I want to take revenge on the person that shot me you know or am I going to be the bigger person and walk away it's it's hard to say like in the moment what you would do but I think what's great about the game is that it does encourage discourse and more discourse is always better so we get some really cool blasts from the past in episode five. Um, I did not expect to see David in this episode, and I'm sure the rest rest of the fan base is like, what is he doing here, oh my gosh. Um, So can you guys explain a little bit about why you guys chose to bring him back as a character, and kind of where in the timeline, in relationship to the original Life is Strange, kind of David is at right now?
4: Um, I think that the one part is from the beginning, we knew that we wanted to have back a character from the first Life is Strange to create a bound between the two games. From the beginning, we knew that Life is Strange 2 is taking place in the same universe as the first season, three years after, and we always wanted to have you know, Easter eggs and all links. And David, is, um, I think we, sh- we chose David for in one part because David can be both alive regardless of your decision, regarding to your decision uh, at the end of Life is Strange. If uh, if you choose to save Arcadia Bay, uh, David will be saved, so he will be alive. And if you choose to save Chloe, David will be alive because he was in the bunker uh, arresting Jefferson. So that was nice for us. And on the other hand, we chose David. Um, you can maybe explain this, but is uh, um, a counter voice to, uh, to yeah, Karen.
5: Um, we, are we also wanted the, m- the cameo from the first season work with our story if a player never played season one. So in a way David worked really well um, thematically with um, with the story at this moment. You have Karen who explained to Sean that uh, Sean needs to sing by himself to uh, go with his own rules, to go up to the end and to live the life he wants to live. Which means maybe crossing the border and forcing, uh, forcing the border if he needs to. And on the, o- on the opposite David is more of the voice where he said that maybe that's not your best option, maybe maybe you have to turn yourself to the police, maybe you will you will do time, but maybe at least you will be free later. This is, a, those were the two, basically they were, Karen and, and David were explaining somehow what would happen after your final choice. So it was really interesting for us that even if you don't care about David, you don't know about Max and Chloe or Acadia Bay, this character still has its own place in the story. Uh, yeah.
0: It was really nice exploring his trailer and finding all the little Easter eggs. The photos of Max and Chloe, and you know the family photo of 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 Chloe with you know her mom and David together was really nice. And then the phone call, the phone call was (laughs) the best part. So I need to know: is this though the canon that Max and Chloe are in New York? Is that is that the thing? Definitively.
4: um, To answer this, there is no canon ending. No canon ending. Okay. Life is Strange 1, uh, the, 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 the both endings are canon. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for Life is Strange 2. There is no canon ending in Life is Strange 2. But um, when you start playing Life is Strange 2, we, we add this question in the beginning, what was your choice at the end of the first Life is Strange? And if you haven't played Life is Strange, the, um, there will be a random choice. So if you choose to save Chloe at the end of the first Life is Strange, you will have a phone call for, from Chloe. But if you choose to save Arcacia Bay... You will have another phone call, which is canon two because the two endings
0: Oh, now I have to look up what this other phone call was. because I'm gonna be honest, I did save Arcadia Bay in my playthrough. I was like, they're really cute, but there's so many people in Arcadia Bay, like, I'm sorry, Chloe, you okay. gotta go. But I that's not the that's not the um, choice I got because I didn't I left it blank at the beginning. Oh okay, of this so one. it was
5: random. Okay. So yeah, you have the like random choice if Clean exactly. is alive. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's for the players who saved Chloe, definitely we can say that at, at this moment, having Max and Chloe in New York during this phone call. Is canon. We just don't s- explain much more about what they are doing there. But it's, yeah. it's yeah. canon in this and in this and in this and yeah, Of course,
0: it's a really nice nod to also to some of the events that happened in before the storm. Because you know, Chloe and Rachel had this plan, and before the storm, to like go to New York. Then obviously, you know, didn't work out so well for Rachel. Um, but <laughs> um, I thought it was a really nice like moment where players could just stand and listen to the phone call. And hopefully, people listening are if you missed it because you just walked on by, go look it up and listen to it. It's a really nice, it's a really nice nod to, to the original life is strange, but I do also want to kind of talk about like what's going to happen now, you know, post life is strange too. So we get to the end of the episode. We knew there had to be some kind of resolution to this police chase that's been happening since episode one. And there's seven different total endings to the game, right? Yes. Um, I haven't watched them all. Um, but I've watched a couple of them. The whole time, the kind of theme of the brothers have tr- has been trying to stick together and support and encourage each other. And then they ultimately end up apart. And that's like both beautiful and heartbreaking at the same time. It's like this idea of like Sean making the ultimate, sacri- ultimate sacrifice for Daniel when really at, at first you think that Daniel's making the sacrifice for Sean. And then at the end of it, it's like, well, actually, you know, they almost are meant to be apart, and I'm just so conflicted. I don't know how to feel. How am I supposed to feel? <laughs> <laughs>
5: no. uh, I don't even think there is one very good ending. Th- you said that for the, for you there is one yeah. good. Which uh, one is it?
0: It's when Daniel ends up with Claire and Steven because he jumps out of yeah, the car and so and the two Chan yeah, the two of Chan them are trying to cross the border. Yeah.
5: Uh, I think that Every ending, so there is four main endings and there is uh, three other variations on top of those uh, four main endings. So it's still some four big storylines and other smaller variations that brings to to seven endings. Um, But yes, the idea was more like for us, there is no really right or wrong ending. There is no really good or bad ending. It's that every ending, the way we worked on them, we wanted those to to be a good reflection of the the players' playthrough to what he, he taught to, to Daniel. And it was also important for us to show that, uh, in a way, um, like in, in real life, uh, I mean, um, we are talking about characters that have lost a bit of their own possibility of, of full choice because of there is a system around them. So whatever choice you make, there is still it's just not you it's just not Sean and Daniel it's the police it's the society it's the world around them that will have an impact on them so it was important to to never have a good ending because our, our message is also to talk about 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 exclusion about how, t- how it is to face uh, to face oppression in our world and yeah it's it's one of the realities that at a point you have either to comply with, with the rule of society and maybe uh, make have a big time in jail maybe longer than to what was uh what he should have had. Uh, so most of these ending can be a bit unfair and I think it's like it is because our like world life. is unfair. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I mean for you, Jean Luc, do you when you approach something like writing multiple endings and trying to figure out what these resolutions are going to be to the storylines, I mean is there ever a time when you are unsure if you've made the right decision?
4: Well um you know, when I'm writing the story, I'm I'm doing it close to Michel and Raúl, so it's not mm-hmm. a lonely work. It's a lonely work when I'm tipping it and I'm adding a lot of stuff inside. But we all, we already talk a lot about what will happen then, and the the it's also because of the um, episodic structure of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the first draft of the script were written in uh, 2016, I think, mm-hmm. and. We begin to work in the fifth episode, yeah, uh, in May, in April or May, in this year, and we thought about what was the ending. So we have two years, uh, and we, we we read it back and said, okay, we need to f- to make some slightly adjustments, you know, because we grown up and the game from what was re- written has evolved because we had a lot of stuff, so. Basically we, we stick to the idea of the four endings and but we, we, we add and we change some little stuff and it's a chance to work with Michel and Raoul closely the three of us because we challenge ourselves a lot. Every time it's okay, we add this and is it good, is it bad, and okay I don't like it, but I like the idea we have to change the the settings to, to make it the better and we that's why we, we we work so cool together because we don't have any ego and Sometimes it's hard to uh, to um, to to face this, this stuff, but it's um, it this, that's what makes the, the the game better. I think.
5: Yeah, yeah you're right.
0: <laughs> no, I, I can only imagine if you guys you know came to blows over a decision, right? Of saying I think Daniel should do this, and I think Daniel should do this, and then you can't come to a resolution. You know, it could have. Dramatically change what happened with the whole story. So it's great to know that you guys have a great writing relationship because sometimes that, as you mentioned, can be really contentious, especially with creative ideas. You know, people get so invested in their creativity that it's sometimes hard to share that. And so it's it's awesome to hear that you guys you know work really well together.
4: Yeah, it's uh, you know from the beginning we had this vision and this story about these two brothers, and when we read the first. um, uh, the first um, uh oh meeting notes meeting notes of the the basic idea of life is strange too. We really s- I'm really proud that we stick to the vision we had four years ago, and basically most of the scenes stay the same with a lot with adjustments. But the 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 Wolf Brothers are crossing every step we had in mind. So that's uh, that's really cool.
5: And uh, something um, oh we also of course are working with a really great team of designers mm-hmm. and narrative designers and. Uh, I mean the f- like jean luc said the the big steps of the story are, are still there at the end of the project, but of course we are really sharing and, and talking with all the all the creative talents who, that, that that are on our team that we 're working with and are really happy to work with and it br- sh- they also always brings a lot to a scene I mean we arise we have this scene, we show them how the scene is, is created and and then we we have the feedback like maybe this could work better like this so it 's also a there is the three of us, but also a really big creative process with the rest of the team uh, over the course of the of the four years.
0: How many people worked on this game?
5: Um, the world I team? I that in, Fif- a, in a peak, it's maybe when it was up to 60. Oh, wow, that's and, a lot. Uh, on it was more of, of an um, average number of 45 Forty or five, something. 50. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can we talk a little bit, and I'm probably going to get stonewalled here, but I'm going to ask it anyway about, like, what happens next. Is there ideas or plans to hopefully continue something in the Life is Strange universe? Obviously, like, no announcements right now, but, I mean, it seems like you guys did this phenomenal job creating this whole new cast of characters. I'm speak for myself when I say I would love to see some of them again because I think there was, you know, some that didn't have nearly enough time, you know, and we would like to maybe explore some other storylines. Is that something that you guys are considering or contemplating?
5: We know that we want to continue to create games uh, together with uh, Jean-Luc and Raoul, and uh, we have a lot of stories and ideas and of sure, a lot of great games that we could want to work on. And, yeah, for, for Life is Strange, it's also something that a question that needs to be seen with Square Enix, because it's, yeah, it's Life is Strange is uh, uh, is owned by Square Enix, so we'll see what happens with, with that. So,
0: everybody start tweeting to Square Enix. Just exactly. tweet to them and exactly. say, I need more Life is Strange, make Life is Strange 3, make it happen. Okay, here's the last question. If you guys could bring anybody back from Life is Strange 2, or the original Life is Strange, that was either killed or is gone? Kind of like a favorite character of yours. Who would it be? Who would you guys bring back? To,
4: to, to bring it back in a new game?
0: Yes, just as hypothetical, mm. not a real thing, but
5: just for funsies. I will bring mushroom.
0: Yes, mushroom. <laughs> oh, mushroom gets you her can't own do game. This. You
5: can't say <laughs> this, mate.
4: <laughs> 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 no, come on! It's so you. <laughs> No, so she won't be dead. <laughs> and just to be the counterbalance, I would bring back Jefferson. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of yeah, course g- not. A game where you play <laughs> as Jefferson <laughs> and,
5: and Mushroom <laughs> is your dog. What an yeah. awful game. <laughs> uh, let's do that. Amazing. No, no, um,
4: I think, no, to be honest, I, w- I really love the character of Karen.
0: Yeah, she's an interesting one. I didn't really like her when we first met her, but she grew on me. And then, obviously, by episode five, you know, her arc has really come a long way. So, tell me, what do you what do you love so much about Karen?
4: Um, I think she was one of the probably the character the most complicated to write because you know um, what she what she has done she she abandoned a child and her family, and it's yeah it's it's a bad thing. But we also wanted to explain her reason and not to be judgmental on her want to we want so it was yeah a little bit difficult to to have this balance about not judging her but let her explain what uh, what was her reason and make her uh understandable by the player
5: yeah even with her on a a, a broader level it was an interesting there was a lot of topics associated with with this story with karen it's um it's a topic about um how women are treated differently than men in situations like this i mean a lot of fathers leave their family and get away with it really easily easily. yeah mm -hmm. when women they are done it's finished and nobody wants to talk to them anymore because it's the role that society wants to put on women that they have to be mothers where mm-hmm. men pff, it's okay don't have to be fathers and it was something and this idea and can tells a lot about that about how our society forces us in different roles and be it uh, women or i mean in each kind of uh, of culture and and different uh, different way we are we are pushed in a way in 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 a pre in a role that someone wants to push on us, and it was important for us to talk about that and to s- show so that sometimes you are forced or you think you are forced to do something, and then if you just think to have regrets, it's maybe also not too late to change, even if something were done. So there was a lot of topics really strong, really important that we wanted to deal with with Karen, it was a lot of back and forth. Uh, together and with uh, with our narrative designer and uh, just to see how how we could shape her and make her sounds true and present those topics in a way that were not force feeding them to the player so yeah it was it was quite quite complicated but i 'm really happy with the way uh, she she it. Yeah,
4: and yeah that 's why yeah probably I, I if I have to choose one character, I will bring her back.
0: Well, good choice. We can do like a, a buddy comedy with Karen and Mushroom. It'll be great.
4: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Bring them back together. The zomb- zombie dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Jean-Luc, Michelle, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been a wild ride in Life is Strange, too. It was but a pleasure. Thank you very
4: much. Too. And um, you.
0: don't forget, guys, you have to message Square Enix because we need more. We need more Life is Strange in our lives. big thank you again to don't not for taking the time to sit down with me it was great to see uh michelle and jean luc we hope you guys enjoyed the spoiler cast of course we want to hear what you want to say about it uh don't tweet to us though we want to keep it private for people who don't want to know but do leave us a comment um on the youtube video or you can always go to patreon.com slash what's good games and leave us a comment there as well thanks so much for hanging out with us everybody we'll see you next time bye